3: And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich craig alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening?
2: Live is the key word there.
3: Live. Live as live can be.
2: A lot happening, as we do the show live.
3: Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of times where we sit here and I, I kind of close Twitter and close all this stuff because I go, ah, you know what, I'm, I got takes. A discussion with Joe that needs to be top of mind, but uh, today might be a a different one. This might be a a keep that phone open to the side or keep a window open to the side, because yeah, a lot is happening as we're uh, uh, recording this live. Um, New things every second. Nick Gage is on AEW, apparently. As we speak. Uh, You know, (laughs) Tony, he knows we're going live. He calls in the big guns, you know what I mean?
2: He's got to because he gets the MDK gang
3: out. out there. Yeah, he's like, "Fuck, what yeah. am I going to do?" <laughs> you know, he's got to have on the on a first class, the first flight out of uh I don't know. Probably Philly, right? Is that where Nick Cage? I can't imagine he's ever left Philly, right? Or um, can he <laughs> leave Philly? Yes, I, I was surprised I
2: he was allowed to leave, to leave <laughs> right. New Jersey, but uh <laughs> apparently he is. And uh, he's going to be Chris Jericho's next opponent. Yeah. As uh, MJF sends him through the the fucking Seven tasks of of fucking Zeus or whatever the fuck it's called, and uh, seven what the seven tasks of Hercules. The seven I
3: forget if it was hurt because yeah they I forget what it the, the, the some
2: movie. nerdy Someone. mythology <laughs> nonsense I don't know. Um, but it's between, not between tasks. this
3: between the no the problem is I'm mixing him up with Drew McIntyre and there's just too much. Because Drew McIntyre was talking about Icarus the other day, so I'm thinking Icarus, but it's definitely not Icarus, so I...
2: All right, it's the, it's the seven labors of Hercules. Thank you. Okay, there we, go. there we go. So he had to slay the Nemean lion. <laughs> he had to slay... There's a lot of slaying going on. He had to slay the nine-headed Lernian hydra. I know the hydra. He had to capture the Cyrenian hind... Okay.
3: Now, now does does Jericho have to face the actual wrestler Hydra or no?
2: These are these are the labors of Hercules. Got it.
3: Got it. Okay. Okay.
2: Not Ray Fernandez, either. The the not Hercules Hernandez, the wrestler. He's dead. I was going to say this that'd is, be
3: that'd be a nice get to get uh you know a, l- a little spot for Ray Hernandez, but yeah, unfortunately, I think he's uh no, definitely not. That's <laughs> yeah, way I think about two decades ago. So
2: yeah. So next up is capture the. Eramanthian boar. Okay. I mean, but you're right. They could bring in There's, Hydra. Yeah, could...
3: honestly, I, as you're reading these, I think other than, yeah, Hercules, that's a tough get these days. Uh, getting ready for <laughs>
2: No, but Jericho Jericho is Hercules in this.
3: That's true. <laughs> okay, so you don't need him. But yeah, you can get Hydra. You can you get, get wild uh, boar for the boar.
2: You, you can get either wild boar. Or you can get the boar of Moldovia from
3: Oh, you know, Ch- you're right. Yeah, Chikara really, really good yeah, I was gonna you say know? Chikara's gonna have a lot of what you need. You just have to hope that they're not sex pests, which um as far as no, I think I, that, the people we that, mentioned, I think the, we're okay so far, but I don't know. I'm not sure. I
2: don't think that was Chikara's problem, right? Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. we mentioned we well, we've named we've named a wrestler already in, in this we we have said the name of somebody who I believe uh got into a little bit of a little bit of an issue. We have? Uh, one Icarus, I believe. Didn't he get into uh...
2: No, oh, he didn't get any trouble. Uh, are you sure? I'm positive. You better clear the name. Of
3: Icarus. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I apologize. If Icarus did not get
2: Allegedly. Me. Rich will have to, The producer yes. will have to look. Yeah, I'm, allegedly. I'm, I don't recall seeing Icarus accused of, of anything. But look, it was a confusing time. And. You were bouncing around the mountains. Yes. So,
3: uh, Joe, I will take you to uh, ringside news on June twenty fourth. Chicar wrestler Icarus accused of showing off pictures of underage girl, bragging that she quote liked it rough. So,
2: hey, well, listen,
3: <laughs> a lot happened. Hey, you- there was a
2: lot going on. <laughs> right. My bad.
3: You can't. Um, you can't remember them all. So. Uh,
2: you really can't. You can't keep them straight. Um. <laughs> big big un- an unfortunate w for rich one that he probably didn't want yeah to honestly on. not the great is hi
3: four minutes into the show let me talk about this wrestler who was showing people underage girls but uh it'd be are. nice
2: if it'd be nice if you were wrong but unfortunately you were correct um
3: okay so we got it.
2: <laughs> we, allegedly we, we don't know if he's right right i have that. no
3: idea i have no idea Listen, i'm just saying that these
2: are allegations right. Absolutely. Yeah. okay next up is uh clean the in a single day. Mm. You gotta get some Argy. horse act. What's an Augie Augie. Okay, let's go through. Slay the Stymphalian birds. <laughs> There's gotta be some bird gimmicks. Yeah,
3: just there, any sort of right? bird. Yeah, I don't... Um...
2: Once again, you gotta dip into tricara. I think. There's gotta be some... uh, Some kind of bird gimmicks there. Um,
3: a free bird? I guess you could try to find one well, of the you free... you yeah. Get Michael Hayes get in Michael there. Hayes, see the last yeah. one
2: left? No, buddy. Ro- no, buddy. Roberts is dead. Um, yeah, he's the only one. Oh, well, Jimmy Garvin, Jimmy Jam Garvin. Yeah. Oh, there.
3: Jimmy Jam. Yeah, absolutely. Get him a. Get him a job. Him Jimmy work. Jam
2: Garvin. I was just watching. Uh, what was it? Wrestle War ninety two. I think.
3: And, and bash. Was, and bash 90 You We're watching bash ninety two.
2: I was, but on Wrestle War ninety two, it was the Freebirds against. Greg Valentine and the tailor-made man oh, for the U.S. Tag Team titles. Yeah. It's a good match. Good little opener. Little opener. It was like 20 minutes. <laughs> I
3: was going to say, it's one of those classic 1990 to 1992 WWE openers that goes like 25 minutes.
2: Love those like... pay-per-views. They're such good pay-per-views. Random singles matches up and down the cards. Yeah. I love that stuff. Like uh, that, uh, that 1990 show with Dutch Mantel versus Doug Furness. For no reason. Right. They just they're going like to
3: wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. the stuff No, the the B-roll that you know, we always talk about the, the Raw is just a, a B-roll factory now. There was no B-roll for Duck Furnace. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like no. Dutchman Mantel and Duck Furnace are here and they're gonna face each other in a professional wrestling match.
2: These are two men trying to move up the rankings. Right. That's oh it. yeah, the,
3: the the very mighty rankings, yeah, the people still can't get a handle on
2: in They wanna pick up a win and 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 challenge for some gold. But uh what was I gonna say? Oh, and at 92. Wrestle War, so the Freebirds, they win the U.S. titles from Greg Valentine, Taylor Made Man. And then uh, they have an interview later on with one of the interview dopes. I can't remember. Was it Ross? No, Ross and Ventura were doing commentary. I don't know who the interviewer was, but Precious was there. They like, brought Precious back in 92. I had no recollection of this. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, reading?
3: no, I don't. Yeah, I can't. I can't I, as far back as 92, no, I don't remember her at all.
2: Now, she didn't come down to the ring with them. She was just in the interview, like celebrating the big title oh, win. Oh, strange. And she wasn't, she was dressed like real classy. And it was, it was a different version of pressure. Was it, was it Bischoff and
3: Hyatt? I remember them a lot during that era up in the, it may in, have
2: been Missy Hyatt as a matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, up by, up
3: by like the entranceway. Yeah. It uh, was always,
2: it was in the back. But I, I do think it was Missy Hyatt doing the, like conducting this particular interview. Uh, But yeah, Precious was there, and then they went back to, like, Shivani. It was Shivani and Bischoff, like, at a desk, like, hosting the show. It was Jim Ross and and Ventura commentating the show, and it was Missy Hyde. Got it. That makes sense. That sounds
3: 1992. That sounds about right.
2: Yeah. So Precious was there, and then they cut back to Shivani, and he's like, oh, it's the return of Precious. So I guess that's when she came back. I can't imagine she lasted long, because I have no recollection of this. But uh, she was looking good too, looking good, smooching with Jimmy Jam after the big title win. <laughs> I'm sure he got some some action that night. He's a champion now, you know. You know who's the champ, baby? You know, hitting there, hitting it from behind. So then we had uh, <laughs> capture the Cretan bull is number six on this list here.
3: Uh Black Tauros seems like a good option So many bulls. I mean
2: yeah, we can go I, <laughs> many different directions.
3: Yeah, you got El Matador, yeah. you got you can get Tito Santana some work if you want I know he's shady. the Met I know he's not the bull, but you know he's bull related, so you can get him. You can get Black Taurus Were you there as we
2: were you there with me in New York when Tito Santana walked by in the hallway and, and I swear to God he looked the same as he did in 1986? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You
3: said, my God, Tito hasn't, he hasn't aged a second. Yeah, we both looked at him and pointed. We're like, my God, Tito Santana, look at you phenomenal you know, shape because you walk you walk through this the halls of like any sort of wrestling show and it's just these decrepit men you got lex luger bumping into me with his wheelchair you had greg valentine who looks like he's been run over by a car It's just you know what i mean like all those old guys and then here's tito santana in his glasses and his like nice polo shirt just walking by and you're like tito santana look at that look at that dude like and you wouldn't even know that he was a worker either you know what i mean it's just like he looks like just like a a decently in shape 50 year old hispanic man you know what i mean you like you wouldn't have no idea that, that was tito Santana, but.
2: Yeah, he looked like he's ready to throw that flying forearm at any at a moment's yeah, Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I gave you seven labors.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Here's the problem. There's like twelve of these
3: things. Oh, like, I don't want to go
2: that. I, I think yet. MJF is just, uh, just doing seven.
3: Yeah, just the, the more important seven, the the best seven, the top seven. When I
2: leave off the Cretan bull.
3: Uh, you said the Cretan Bowl, yeah. That, there's many options there. Tito Santana, Black Toros, um, uh,
2: Omaha, Omaha Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer Mantar.
3: Yeah, Mantar. Yeah, El yeah. Torito could be there too. Yeah, there's plenty. Absolutely. No, no, so no. Bullies. Yeah, there's no shortage of options for the
2: bowl. So. So many bowls. Um, the Mares of Diomedes. Uh, mm. The belt of Hippolyta. The magic girdle of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. Oh, any intergender he, match. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, bring Mel back. Bring Mel back for <laughs> Mel, that. One. I think Mel's, she's tall. Uh, Mel's she doing, doing Amazon, she's, doing, right?
3: she's doing an AEW shot uh, 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 another month, I think. August 7th, I believe. A-A-W. Melanie A-A-W. Cruz is in AAW.
2: Yes. Yeah. Right. But this is the magic girdle of Hippolyta, <laughs> the queen of the Amazons. Mel's a very sizable woman. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think she can qualify as an Amazon. We have the cattle of Geryon. Mm. It just, that's all it says. It there's doesn't no, say There's not many it.
3: cow gimmicks. Yeah, the cattle. Hey,
2: of... Moscow, the communist bovine. <laughs>
3: You're right. Damn cows, Chikara. <laughs> Yeah. He's got to call quack to see if he can. Uh...
2: <laughs> who would be a bigger baby face on wrestling Twitter than Moscow, the communist bovine? Yeah,
3: these days? <laughs> right. right. He was a little too early. Right. Yeah,
2: was... All these weirdo communists running <laughs> yeah. around Twitter.
3: Right. Well, oh, um, oh, oh, I fr- OK, I, I don't want to unmask this uh, this individual, but uh, readily available this man. So that that could work out pretty easily. So
2: Moscow, the communist, you yes. know, who Moscow, the communist uh, I is? I didn't
3: until 14 seconds ago. But now I do know.
2: How would you ever? Oh, how did you find that? Oh, is everyone just unmasking them? Left yeah. Them oh, that's right okay.
3: Well, they've always done that. Back when we were shoot trash, like you could go onto, you know, <laughs> Orange Cassidy's cage match, and it said Orange Cassidy, comma Firehands, comma. You know what I mean? Like
2: right. This. Right. Yeah. True. You had to dig a little deeper for some of them, though. But now it's like since nobody respects Chikara anymore.
3: Yeah. 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 Because this is- this man who uh, is, I would say. Uh, a positive... Uh, I'm trying to figure out the best. I, would, I wouldn't classify him as a great wrestler, Joe. Somewhere just beneath a great wrestler. Uh, they list all of his gimmicks on, uh, on Cage Match. So.
2: Moscow the communist bovine? Yeah. Who was not I'm dying to know.
3: Uh, he is a blank, blank professional wrestler.
2: Well, if it's on Cage it's Match... It's Dasher Hatfield,
3: mean- motherfucker. It's a very good professional wrestler.
2: Oh, okay. All right, great. I didn't. I had no idea it was Moscow. The I didn't either. Boy. Yeah, that's a new thing too. I'm sure it was somewhat different every night. If we're being honest here, you know, like like Retail Dragon was yeah. going to be the <laughs> oh, guy stop. every Retail night.
3: Dragon was always just yeah, no,
2: that. Um, yeah, pretty. So that's everybody kinda, that's
3: everybody that got booked for Chikara at one point, I think, had to be Retail Dragon. It, it,
2: I, I wish him well in his recovery. That broken ankle and the Super Eight it was mm-hmm, nasty. Mm-hmm. I watched that match. Um, golden apples of the Hesperides. Carlito,
3: Carlito's a good, good, good get there. You can, absolutely he's all, all yoked up now. Still, so you're good. He's ready. He's Hercules
2: working. has to. He's in working he's shape. A, he isn't working shape, and he's starving for work. Uh, here, Hercules has to steal the apples from the Hesperides. So he could just steal an apple, like Carlito could be there, tossing it up in the air, and he could just come by and take it and run off with the apple. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the twelfth here is Cerebrus all it says it doesn't say slay cerebrus it doesn't say fuck just, Cerebris. just
3: something just interact with cerebrus at any point okay
2: okay so the 12th and final labor was the capture of cere of Cerber uh, cerberus not even Cere. i can't i'm probably mispronouncing all of these <laughs> all you of know these. we're giving people <laughs> yeah, material yeah, i think um, it's
3: cerberus but yeah that's that's
2: cerberus the three-headed dragon-tailed dog that was the guardian of the gates of the underworld. I could see why that's the last labor. Yeah, that's that tough. Like, that's a
3: three, uh, three-headed three dog. It looks like a pretty vicious dog, too. That's tough.
2: That's tough. That's a big-time labor. I mean, that's yeah. not an easy labor. That's a labor you really got to work at. That, that one looks like – how do you go from stealing an apple?
3: <laughs> right. I could steal the apple, and then it's like, oh, hi. I am a – a vicious three-headed dog that's the size yeah you yeah. gotta
2: kill a three-headed dragon tailed dog that's the guardian of the gates of the underworld it seems like a real uh jump in class you know what i mean like i don't understand how you go from stealing apple well i see what they did maybe the 11th labor was something a little easier because it's like all right chill out a little bit okay you,
3: you, yeah you know t- take a few minutes you steal the apple then when you're done you know breathe up hydrate because it's getting bad because you got to his dog now, so
2: it's like the women's quarter hour on Dynamite, you know, set you up for the main event, you know, you get the you get the the, the, the no la- <laughs> yeah, you know. no so um then we had uh Cerberus and then yeah that's so MJF has cut this down to seven labors probably because Tony Khan was like listen, I don't have twelve weeks to twelve vote it's a lot of yet. weeks
3: yeah it's a lot of weeks so let's just
2: and we can't come up with twelve mystery wrestlers to co- either so um you know we're just doing seven. And we're going to end this thing with the, uh, with the Cretan Bull, father of the Minotaur. The Cretan Bull, by the way, is the father of the Minotaur. You got to get Mantar for that one.
3: Oh, okay. That's a, that's a no-brainer then. Yeah, you got to get Nebraska Wrestling Hall of Famer. Is he, is he Nebraska Hall of Famer or Wrestling Hall of Famer? I
2: think he's the Omaha. Omaha. Wrestling <laughs> I'm sorry, Omaha. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> can't, this isn't the whole state now. <laughs> yeah,
3: just we, Omaha, yeah.
2: we have to check in with Hype Gotti on that, but I'm pretty sure. Just,
3: just the Omaha Wrestling Hall of Fame. Right, okay.
2: Correct. <laughs> um,
3: seems very... Were you,
2: there, were you there when he negotiated down the autograph for the kid in New York in the same hallway that we saw Tito Santana? Yes, you I was there,
3: that? yes, yes.
2: So, <laughs> I think the it started at 20... Yeah, please
3: tell the story again because there's people that have now listened, the new listeners and I, I love the story, so go. I, The
2: problem is I don't remember all the details. Here's...
3: Yeah, I don't remember. The, we knew the dollar figures. I don't know if we know the dollar figures anymore, but but trust us when we say these are approximations and the approximations were not very good for a. Uh, the bottom line of, <laughs> one of the story Mantar. is <laughs>
2: yeah. the guy, this kid had like a steel, like, like clipboard gimmick with eight by tens. And I guess he's just looking for autographs. He's an autograph collector. Okay. So he sees Mantar walk in the hallway and he gets real excited. And, and he you stopped. can tell it's
3: Mantar, by the way. You know how we said like Tito Santana, like you might not, know? you could tell it's Mantar for, for the record. There's no denying yeah. that that's Mantar.
2: So he, he shuffles through his thing, he pulls out the Mantar eight by 10. And, uh, and, and he's like, I'll give you $20 for an autograph, right? The kid offered Mantar $20 to sign his 8x10. So Mantar, like a pro wrestler, starts negotiating the kid up. <laughs> he's like, I don't sign anything for less than 40 or whatever he said. The bottom line is by the end of this negotiation, he was signing it for $10. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <That's> the- <laughs> and I'm crying. I can't because we're 10 feet away. I'm crying watching this negotiation <laughs> go down. As as Mantar starts it, and the kid offers 20. Mantar like bids him up and then he ends up doing it for half of what yeah. the kid offers. The, the kid one.
3: was great too because if I remember correctly, he had he had the you know, the marker and he just kept clipping the marker and putting it in the top of his little uh, clipboard yes. and then like slowly walking away. And he, he knew the game. So it would be like, you know, Mantar was like, ah, know, I do it for 40, kid. and He went, oh, okay. And then he could hear like, click you know I mean? As he's yeah. the, and then he slid it into the back of the clipboard and the mentor would go uh 30 <laughs> and the kid just you know little by little right you know would get the pen out again he'd say 25 and the kid would go that's eh, all right and start walking away and like you said after about two minutes it was ten dollars <laughs> and that kid yeah. walked over over the ten dollar mentor autograph the
2: kid's just like look this is too rich for my blood i'm not giving <laughs> right, you right. 40 <laughs> right you know and then so then he's like whoa wait, wait, wait he kept doing that like wait 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 he's like i'll do it for 30. I'll do it for 20. Then the kid didn't even want to give him the 20. So he's like, all right, all right, I'll do it for 10. So, savvy negotiator, (laughs) Mantar.
3: (laughs) Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha Wrestling Hall of Famer, Mantar, yeah.
2: Yes, Savvy Negotiator. I'm going to call him <laughs> Savvy Negotiator Mantar, henceforth. That's a new bit that we're doing here on the show. Whenever Mantar comes up, and if you don't think Mantar is coming up again, I don't know. <laughs> you are sorely, you know yeah, sorely
3: mistaken. Yeah, you are sorely mistaken.
2: Okay. He is now known from this point forward as Savvy Negotiator Mantar. So, uh, yeah, he would be the uh, – what fucking labor was that? He'd be the seventh labor, the Cretan Bull. So uh, there you go. Those Augian stables look like they're – giant rock tablets that he had to lift. I don't know what. Oh, you could get the rock, right? There
3: yeah, you da, got da, it. great never... kid. Great kid if you can get the rock.
2: Too bad the wall is dead. He'd come cheaper.
3: Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, he is dead. Yeah,
2: He's dead. You can't get the wall, but if he could get the wall. All right, Hercules and the boar. That one's self-explanatory. Hercules capturing the, the, oh, the Serenian hind. We didn't know what that was. It appears to be some kind of elk or deer. That he's capturing there
3: mm, okay okay
2: so again i think we got to think chakara here um for the sir Cer- seri well what about Cer-
3: uh a barbarian used to wear like the elk it's true horns right yeah he's probably got those somewhere in the
2: yes that's true you can get bob Arion for that <laughs> and that's a that's a story from well i blew the punchline already but that's a story from jovember to remember you may not know this story rich now now that you know the punchline it won't be nearly as funny. But uh, early on in ECW, Todd Gordon is getting phone calls from all kinds of wrestlers because they knew they had TV, and all these Mm -hmm. guys in between gigs want to be on TV. So he has a wrestler call him up, and uh, this is telling a joke backwards. But he has a wrestler call him up. A classic, a
3: classic storytelling device is tell a joke backwards,
2: tell a joke backwards, (laughs)
3: joke, and then explain the joke for ten minutes afterwards. Yeah.
2: So the guy's like, "Yeah, I've been on TV." He's like, "Well, who are you?" He's like, "I'm Bob Arion." And Todd Gordon's like, who the fuck is Bob Arion? He's like, what's your gimmick name? And the guy's like, Bob Arion. And this went on for like 10 minutes until it clicked in his head. Oh, Barbarian, you're the Barbarian. Because he, he, he couldn't pronounce Barbarian. Because, you know, he's got to act. Anyway, that's telling a joke backwards. I <laughs> like. um, that's, that's how the, the Barbarian tried to get booked on ECW in 1990. Well, they should
3: have booked him. Did they book him? Did they end up booking him?
2: No, I don't think he ever fuck. got booked.
3: Idiots. Yeah.
2: Bob Arion. I think he, I think Bob Arion. <laughs> and, and
3: Rick O'Shea. Yeah, that's a good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob Arion. Uh, that that joke, by the way, $5 tier. Eight,
3: nine, <laughs> if you want to hear that again. Movie. Yeah.
2: It comes across much better on November to remember because I don't do the punchline before I tell the story. So that bit got over big time when that episode came out. That's an early episode, too. So those are the. Uh, uh, those are the uh, labors of of Hercules. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we even got on the topic of the labors of Hercules. I was oh, just talking about engaged.
3: you know yeah because you know th- th- he's got to bring out the big guns this week. He's big got age Hic- labor number two. Yeah, he's got Hikoleo out there too. Just just as we're recording this, he got Hikoleo out in the crowd. I mean, it's it's what uh,
2: yeah on dynamite
3: on dynamite in a bullet club shirt. All the stops, all the stops. I wouldn't be surprised. If, out there. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rock Dwayne Johnson shows up today. He's so Hold scared. Hold on a sec
2: hikuleo of new japan yes
3: of wearing a bullet club shirt is is, is in the crowd at uh, all eat wrestling's dynamite
2: the tall fella yep, yeah. the tall brother of tamatanga yeah, the son of haku
3: yes speaking of the barbarian or bob area
2: <laughs> right faces of fear yeah Um uh, wrestlemania 7 versus the rockers great open absolutely Tremendous match. They weren't known as the faces of fear then.
3: No, the no, that's team. that's a WCW.
2: Yeah,
3: WCW creation.
2: Same team though, you know. Um,
3: so there you go. Yeah, so we'll,
2: we'll see. Yeah, leo in the Bullet Club shirt. Yeah. So he can't come out on like Dark Elevation and like lose to ethan page right Like, i don't
3: think yeah if you're established as bullet club i think you're kind of yeah you got to be protected at least a little bit I- i'd imagine it's a, it's a crazy it's, week i mean you got jay white on impact we'll talk about that in a bit you got hikaleo wrestling man wrestling's cool wrestling's cool as fuck now it was it sucked for a while but it's getting cool again that's cool i like that
2: there's some other breaking news um some janky site is reporting that Brian Danielson has in fact signed with AEW.
3: Yeah, let, let's let's unpack that. So that is I think it's what Cassidy Haynes is the author, right? It's BodySlam.net is the first one that I saw.
2: All right. With that. That's the, that's so, who is breaking the news. Right. I know we, that we have uh,
3: Sean Ross Sapp who who then quote tweeted that and said, I am going to look into this and, and I would uh obviously trust Sean Ross Sapp a little bit more. No offense to uh, uh Cassidy Haynes of of BodySlam.net, but um I don't know. What do what you what, well? Let, let's talk. Let's unpack that anyway. So yeah, continue with what you were going to say before I interrupted.
2: Oh, I was just saying that. Look, this is a live show, and all of this is happening just as we're beginning our show here. So uh, you may be listening to this on like I don't know, fucking Monday, five days from now or whatever, and this might be all old news or out in the open. But uh, for the live listeners, yeah, this is all breaking. As we now listen, there's been, you know, obvious speculation in that direction for a long time with Brian Danielson. I used to say him, Brian Danielson, again, you know, every time I want to say Daniel Bryan. They've, they've, and for the longest time, I, was, I would want to say Brian Danielson instead yeah, of Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I remember yeah. we had that for years with Kevin Steen. And now, like, if yes. he ever went away again, I would always just call him Kevin Owens. But yeah, we, it took this show about four years, I think, to stop calling him Brian Danielson. So,
2: so anyway, this bodyslam.net, I don't know anything about Cassidy Haynes, what their reputation is for breaking news, who they know, who they don't know. Um, they're claiming it's a done deal. Just what we know about AEW and how hard it is to get information out of that company, I don't know who the hell they would have talked to who would have provided them that information. Um, Here's the report. I got it in front of me. There's not a ton in it. It says – I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it says that the source claims he's locked in, quote-unquote, and 100% already signed. And his demands were wanting to work less dates for comparable money, presumably comparable to WWE money. He wanted the ability to be able to work in Japan, and he wanted creative input on his character, all of which he got. And that there are tentative plans in place for Danielson's AEW debut, and that's pretty much it. Um, All of those things were kind of known that he was looking for. You know, the less dates cause he wants to be home more with the family. He obviously is dying to work in Japan. We all knew that. He asked WWE for that. Or they offered it. it something like that. There was some something going on where they were gonna remember that they when they were negotiating with him before his contract came up. I, I recall yeah, offering them the ability to work in Japan. Right. So. And, and
3: that was I mean, they they that's something that they have and people have reported that they've kind of floated to, to various people. Brody Lee mentioned that as well. You know, the Triple H said, yeah. hey, hey, pal, I'll get your work from, you know, for New Japan. <laughs> and Brody's like, How are you going to, you know, OK, yeah. but I don't think you can actually do that. But that's fine. Like, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember if we ever got the specifics of it. But yeah, that, that was floated around when he, when he eventually resigned that that was an option that he would be able to, you know, wrestle in these various places. And obviously none of that came true. Both, you know. Somewhat because of COVID, but also related to just, you know, they just never had any interest in doing that. They, as we said, brought him back immediately. He was just doing bullshit <laughs> pretty quickly there after, had to turn heel and all that sort of stuff. So it ended up not being a, a, a very good and very fruitful run. And, uh, and, and yeah, we talked about it a few months ago when, when he was back on the, you know, hey, I'd, re- I'd like to wrestle in Arena Mexico. I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. And it's always like, all right, I mean, you can. <laughs> there's there's a company out there that will probably listen to you if you say, hey, uh, let me work CML. Let me work New Japan. Let me work X. Let me work Y. I mean, if, yeah, if you want to do that, if you really want to talk the talk, there's there's a company out there that I think cool. will allow you to do it. So
2: Or you don't need a company. You can just go do it.
3: Yeah, right. Just do it. Yeah, just say, I quit, and then go
0: do it. <laughs> just- <laughs>
2: That's just show some guts and go do it. You know, stop talking about it. Show some guts and go do it. Um, but no, yeah, I think in this recent negotiation where they didn't sign him, they offered him Japan. I, I recall reading that. Oh, I September see. I see. Somewhere I see. else. Yeah, maybe. Like that was part of it. Like, yeah, we'll let you work New Japan or whatever. But um, I, you know, obviously uh, he did not resign there. So uh, look, I look. I'm not. We're having fun here. I'm not trying to besmirch Cassidy Haynes. For all I know, this is a solid as a rock scoop. For all I know, a half hour into this show, it might be confirmed by, uh, you know, a Sean Ross Sapper, Dave Meltzer, or a Mike Johnson, or or Wade Keller, or whoever. Uh, but yeah, who knows? I mean, so let's talk about it. You know, obviously, you have a chance to bring this guy in. You bring him in. I mean, you know, oh, unquestioned. Obviously-
3: yeah, no, not even a doubt in my mind. If he if if he's interested and wants to do business and and has demands that are easily met, like like you know, I, I think all the ones that that you know that. They mentioned that BodySlam.net report. I think are all easily met demands if I'm Tony Conner, AEW. Sure. Yeah, no problem.
2: Yeah. So I mean, obviously you're on the phone with that guy. Um, you know, the very second his contract is up, and even before that, honestly, uh, when you're talking about a guy of that caliber, and now, you know, Sean Ross Sapp reporting today as well, today being Wednesday, uh, which is the live airing of this show, uh, was Wednesday this week, that uh CM Punk is also talking to AEW. Oh, actually his report was CM Punk is wanting to get back into wrestling and the likely destination, if there will be one, will be AEW. I think that's important to note. People are kind of running crazy with this Punk to AEW thing, but he's obviously going to work both sides here, right? I mean, he has to. Even with his prior relationship with WWE, if nothing else, you use them as leverage, right? I mean, you have to. You'd be an idiot not to. So, um, you know, but you know, you'd think that seeing uh you wouldn't think he'd be too excited to get back in the WWE locker room. I know he did the Fox thing. That's not quite the same. Um you know, maybe he sees these live AEW crowds and maybe you know, he was waiting to play this card until after the pandemic when you know, who who's really in a hurry to come back to Jacksonville in front of 200 people? You know, these guys live for the pop.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. and, and and I don't know. I don't know anything about CM Punk in his real life, but there's a possibility that even he was like, hey, I don't really want to work in front of crowds or in front of people. I don't want to really work with people during COVID. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and maybe he's yeah. waiting for everybody to get vaccinated, waiting for him to feel safe. Like, I have no idea. But now seems like a good time. Hey, there's a big pop. People are vaccinated, I'm vaccinated, yada yada, yada. Okay, now's a good time to at least bro. I totally get why now you would think about it versus six months ago when you think about it. Hey, do I really want to go back, potentially risk my life, potentially risk, you know, infection to go work in front of a bunch of workers and 20 fans in in, in Jacksonville. I get that. I probably wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, you watch this wrestling, and like I said, like wrestling is fun <laughs> for the last few weeks like we're gonna talk about money in the bank which was a very fun show i mean it is wrestling is so much a thousand times more fun with a hot crowd waiting for you to come out and and, and pop for everything so yeah there's no doubt in my mind that like you know potentially i don't know what was going on in his life or whatever but like yeah if he's sitting on a couch watches a show hears a big pop and goes fuck he's a re- i mean at the, at the end of the day he's a wrestler both these guys are wrestlers they live for that that pop, that crowd going nuts, that, that reaction. The money's good too. The money's obviously a big part of it, but there's no doubt that the juices get flown when you watch a show and the pop happens and you go, Ah shit, that could be me. I want to be in front of that again. And
2: maybe you make well, those calls. In the case of Danielson, we know he doesn't need money. I mean, we can safely no,
3: Bertie is gonna be eating <laughs> Birdie's gonna yeah, be I eating mean... beans if he doesn't. You know. Well,
2: she'll probably be eating legumes anyway, grown into <laughs> fucking. True. Day yeah, that's the she garden. might
3: not have an option. Yeah.
2: But um, look, yeah, look, that guy's loaded. His wife's loaded. They're loaded. They're not spendthrifts, okay? So uh, it wouldn't be for the money in his case. Punk, I don't know. I mean, what's he really doing? I mean, it doesn't last forever. Maybe he could use a buck. I mean, I don't know his motivations, you know? Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with being motivated by money. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, why else would you get dropped on your head? Uh, You know, other than for that, like you're saying, that that, that visceral – sort of, uh, you know, that endorphin hit when, you know, of the live crowds and whatnot, not that that would be Danielson's motivation. And, um, uh, you know, that doesn't mean he's going to do it for free, you know? So, you know, he's going to want to be paid what he's worth. Um, but obviously look, we don't need to tell our listeners that these would be enormous gets. I mean, these are the two, are these the two biggest gets or would you put Lesnar ahead of these two guys? Um,
3: I think Close, I was right? Yeah, you know, honestly, and, and here's the thing with, with, with Lesnar. I, I think Lesnar's a big get. I think if you brought in Brock Lesnar, it's a huge get. It's a big deal. But for me and and at least if I was running AEW, if I was a part of the leadership structure, to me getting a CM Punk and a Dan O'Brien, I think that that gives you a little bit more cachet with, you know, the, the, the more hardcore wrestling fans, the fans that are look seeking that alternative and looking for something different. You know, those are guys that that are are, are you know arguably Two of the top kind of alternative wrestling guys in WWE over the last decade or whatever. You, you know, you know what I mean? Like those are guys that came up from the Ring of Honor, came up through the indies, fans of that ilk, you know, kind of followed their careers and and and, and got behind them, you know, when they were in WWE or whatever. I think that works a little bit better for that fan base than a Brock Lesnar. Obviously, bringing about Brock Lesnar is a huge get. Cause he cause he's got that sort of the the, the mom test of of, you know, people know Brock Lesnar, or whatever. But to me, I I think CM Punk and Dan O'Brien are an even bigger deal just because you know, uh, when you, especially if you combine those two guys, you bring both those guys in. I just think for that ilk of wrestling fan and that certain buzz factor of wrestling fans, I think uh, it, it works on a different level than bringing in a Brock, who who I think, and, and and some of those fans probably, and, and you know, I would probably be in the same boat as well. Like, I'd be a little apprehensive about a Brock Lesnar in AEW. How much is he going to try? How much is he going to care? How You know, all that sort of stuff. I have no doubt in my mind that Daniel Bryan is going to care. I have no doubt in my mind. I, I at least I think so. Maybe a little more, little less doubt than I would have for Daniel Bryan, but I think I'm pretty sure that CM Punk would, would go out there and try. I can't say the same about Brock. I, I don't know about Brock. I I mean I know he chases the money and all that sort of stuff, but I don't know if he would see AEW as kind of the, the, the second tier, the minor league, the second rung or whatever, and not give full effort. I just I just unfortunately have the the uh New Japan run in, in my brain with, with, with Brock. So um
2: You know the money wouldn't be second tier.
3: No. <laughs> certainly not. No, yeah, certainly not. I
2: mean, you know, the cons have more money than Vince does. But I think the three of them for the existing fan base in order of excitement, I would rank them Punk, Danielson, Lesnar. For wrestling fans who may not necessarily watch AEW today but they're already wrestling fans. I'm not talking about the mythical casual fan or the mythical creating of a new fan. Wrestling fans who just don't watch AEW for one reason or another. I would rank them Lesnar, Punk, Danielson in that order. Um, Lesnar would bring in those UFC fans who maybe like wrestling, but don't watch it on a week-in, week-out basis. They'd at least check out and see what he's doing. WWE fans, I think, would check out WWE fans who don't normally watch Dynamite would turn on Dynamite for any of the three. I do I do think that. At least to see what they're up to in the new place. I don't know if you then are able to convert them into you know weekly viewers. You know, because some WWE fans are just dyed in the wool. They like that style. All the things we complain about, they love. Like they like all of the shit that we constantly complain about,
3: right? We're going to talk about a match a little bit later, where I think you and I both think it was boring as fuck, but right. those fans think it's a match of the year contender. And, and and there's almost yeah. no middle ground between that.
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, those, those fans, I don't think those people are ever going to be AEW fans, but I think all three of those, I don't even know why we're talking about Lesnar. He's not even on the table here, but, um, as far as the other two, I guess it's a good question. I mean, since there's really not much to talk about in terms – look, everyone knows these are big gets if they get them. Okay, I don't even know why. We don't even need to break that down. So let's have some fun with this. If you could only have one or the other in some hypothetical scenario, you take Punk or you take Daniel Bryan?
3: So that's an interesting question. To me, so honestly, hard. it it is very difficult. And these are two of my you know all-time favorite wrestlers, Two two of my top, top-tier guys. Honestly, when, when, as you were saying that question, I, I, in my brain, I said, just whoever you think of immediately, that's your answer. That's the person you're going to go. Don't, don't mull over it. Don't think about it. Do any of that. Like, as you're saying that I'm thinking, okay, here's my answer. Boom. Right away. And I went to punk right away. And I think the reason I went to punk right away is I think AEW has a lot of great wrestlers. Do they have anybody that's on the level of Daniel Bryan? I don't know. They have Kenny Omega who's on the level of Daniel Bryan. They have the young bucks. Who's on the level of Daniel Bryan? They, they have all those sort of guys, and and there's and, and there's arguments to be made that that depending on what you get out of Bryan or what Daniel Bryan is in 2021, that maybe that list becomes a lot greater. You know, maybe there there are a bunch of dudes depending on what you think of Daniel Bryan in his current state and what he's capable of doing right now. Which I don't know. I don't know if we fully know what he is capable of right now because I don't know that we saw the full, you know, Daniel Bryan in 2021. But but assuming that what we've seen of him in recent years is what he is. That commodity to me, I mean, again, Dan O'Brien is an all-time great. One of my favorites of all time. But what we have of him right now, I think AEW has that in some way. There are guys that can do similar stuff to what Dan O'Brien can do. But we've talked about it a lot. People say, oh, AEW is this, AEW is that, AEW, yada, yada, yada. What AEW is more than almost anything else is a promo promotion. That when those guys go out there and the guys that can talk, you're Ricky Starks, you're your, your Cody's. You're Jake the Snakes like those those guys that just go out there and cut these great promos. You know Brody Lee when when, when before he passed away. Those guys I mean that that is that company Hangman Page does a great job of cutting MJF, promos. MJF, Moxley, Moxley. yeah, the, the Kingston, the list you goes go right on. Down the line. I could be I and yes, they have guys that can talk, but I don't think that you can ever have too many guys that can talk. Talk people into the building. And that's why I think I would go with Punk over I Brian. Think,
2: I think that Punk Punk basically represents what caused the formation of this promotion to begin yeah, with, right? it, it so I, I feel like, and again, these you know obviously I'll take you, both. You take both <laughs> Can I have
3: both? I want both. Yeah, give me both.
2: But Punk is is he just represents everything everyone wanted that is that is that is a fan of the promotion i mean that that was punk yeah, Before he, fits the, the AEW existed, yeah he fits the ethos of the punk. company for sure right so i feel like to that fan base that's like their patron saint coming home like he he you could argue he started the movement that led to aew you know whereas Daniel Bryan, of course, they'll accept him with open arms and all of that. It's almost like Punk is already sort of an AEW guy, even if he ever, never shows up. With Daniel Bryan, it's almost people want him to embrace AEW. Very, they very badly want him to be an AEW guy. So it'll be big from that perspective. Like, oh, we finally got him. We finally got him out of there. And he's with us now. right? But with Punk, it's like he kickstarted this whole thing. So I'm with you. It's like I-, I feel like if I could only have one or the other, I think I'd take Punk. I, I think I would, even though I think – man, I don't know. It's tough. Maybe you can get more out of Brian the longer he's there. It- the-, the problem with Punk too is I fear he can be a problem and he can ruin a locker room. That guy – he he it's dangerous to bring him around, yeah, you know he's he's temperamental he he doesn't get he he's either you know he doesn't get along with half the people he meets and then you know and then even the people he gets along with, he eventually turns on he's just a temperamental guy. We all know all of the stories and you know it, he's a hard guy to get along with. he'd probably even tell you that. that's where you worry about punk. you don't worry Brian, you don't have any concerns of that. He's gonna come in. He's gonna be happy. He's gonna uh, he's gonna work. He's gonna work hard, and um, you know, and that that you don't have to worry about him, you know, sullying up your locker room chemistry. And maybe Punk wouldn't either, but there's definitely more of a danger than Oh that. for
3: sure. Yeah, yeah. No no doubt. I mean I have zero doubt that Daniel Bryan comes there, shakes everyone's hand, and gets along with everybody right away, and there's never a problem ever. The entire run he's there. However many years he's there. I, I can't guarantee that for CM Punk. I can't guarantee that he shakes everyone's hand. I can't guarantee that within six months he doesn't get pissy about someone and, and, and make some backhanded tweet or whatever. I mean that's just that's just his personality. The risk reward for CM Punk is is obviously much larger than Daniel Bryan. You know exactly what you're getting out of Daniel Bryan and that's super valuable. That is absolutely tremendously valuable to have that guy on your roster, but yeah, I, I I think you and I kind of see it from the same standpoint. There, I mean the 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 buzz factor for a CM Punk I think would be so much larger than Daniel Bryan. That again, it takes nothing away from what Bryan can do and know what he can offer and, and and what he can bring to the table. It's just like you said, you you announce that CM Punk is here in AEW, the light out at AEW, and 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 a, and, and Punk is sitting, you know, cross legged on an entrance ramp. I mean, that is just a an all time all time moment. And not that you know, Flay the Valkyrie plays and Daniel Bryan runs down that. Not that that wouldn't or Europe, you know, Final Countdown plays and. and and people go nuts. I mean, there's obviously, yeah, that that is a huge moment too. But I just think, like you said, Punk. I think, a, from the standpoint of he's kind of the patron saint of this entire thing, this entire movement. And, and, and B, I just think that you know what he can offer you in terms of of, of you know his his talking ability, potentially the, you know uh, a fan base outside of wrestling in terms of the UFC fan base. But I don't know how much of those even exist anymore, and most of those people were probably wrestling fans. Uh, in the first place, I just think from from my standpoint, if I can only choose one, I think I get a little bit more out of out of punk. And I think I get a little bit more buzz and, and a little bit more. I, I feel like my company is in a a better standing, a better popularity with a CM Punk versus with a Dan O'Brien. But yeah, as you said, obviously, you take both of them for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh, what's odd to me is, again, it it's so little leaks out of that locker room. And out of that front office, that this is all very suspicious to me. Why all of a sudden, let's assume this Daniel Bryan story has some legs and it's legitimate information coming out of bodyslam.net. Okay, is that the name of the way? Yes, oh, bodyslam.net. Let's just work with that premise. Why all of a sudden would these two stories get out, or how would these two stories get out? When they've been able to keep all of their other big surprises quiet, you see where I'm going here. You have to think it's intentional. <laughs> okay, why else? Because nothing gets out. And, you know, they've got all out coming up and they have, they have no problem selling that. They're not going to have any. Didn't they, didn't they already sell that out? I mean, there's nothing left. Oh, for all that
3: out, show, yeah, right? all out's done. I mean, the, the week there's yeah, obviously they're doing the triple shot in Chicago, and, and I think there are still tickets available for Resurgence and tickets available for Dynamite too. So yeah, but all out is is very much sold out. Yeah.
2: So immediately you would think, all right, well you would leak Punk because then maybe people in Chicago would buy all your tickets, but they've done that already, right? And maybe say for the oh, well, paper, leak- for the pay
3: per view at least, unless le- unless you know maybe more rumblings come out about Dynamite or Resurgence or something like that, and then in which case maybe you want want to increase. People, I'll just buy tickets to all three shows because I don't know what's going to happen. Punk might show up on any of those shows. That's a possibility.
2: Or you leak Daniel Bryan because, you know, ah, well, you know, we got to sell these tickets for this gigantic tennis stadium. But they've sold them all already. Yeah. So it's like, if you, if you want to be conspiracy theorists and say that they're leaking this stuff on purpose, like, what's the point? What are they, what are they gaining by leaking this as opposed to bringing these guys in as a huge surprise somewhere? And popping people that way. Um, is it to drive up TV ratings. So people think that they can show up on TV. In a given week. Is it to drive up the pay-per-view number. Thinking you can squeeze. You know 30, 40, 50,000. Extra pay-per-view buys for all out. If people figure there's a punk Chicago connection. And there's finally some smoke. To the fire for once. Other than people just wanting to connect. To the. I don't know the reason you would do it. But it's odd to me. That their two biggest gets if they do in fact get both of these guys, and it's possible they don't get either of them, but this would be their two biggest gets yet. And these are the two that get out. Isn't that a little weird to you?
3: It's strange. It it is definitely strange. And as of this recording, I I, I should note here uh, as of actually when we started this segment, Cassidy uh, uh, over at BodySlam.net has updated his, uh, his, his, his news. And he says, uh, exclusive tentative plans for Daniel Bryan's AEW debut. So here's what we have now. Now we're getting into some specifics, which makes me a little more. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is good. So, yeah, I don't know. This is quotes. Additionally, we were told tentative plans creatively for Brian Danielson's AEW debut. Uh, as of the time of this writing, the plan is for Brian Danielson to make his AEW debut on September 22nd when AEW heads to Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. So,
2: The plan was to hold off debuting Danielson until after all of their plans for All Out are wrapped up and to bring him in after the pay per view. However, but the news of CM Punk's potential AEW debut may have caused plans to change. So we can tentatively expect to see Brian make his debut when the company makes their huge debut in New York. Um,
3: I got <laughs> to give at least a, a little bit of a, a, a tip of the cap to uh, uh, Cassidy Hayes. Cause, uh, so you see how plans changed in that article is, uh, is linked? Yes. I click to it and it goes. This is a man after my own heart. Uh, clicks. If you click, plans change. It goes to a uh, processing Tea Store, where BodySlam.net is selling a shirt that says "Plans Changed." So, oh
2: well, tremendous.
3: <laughs> I, mean, I gotta, I gotta at least give it up for that. That's 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 good stuff.
2: Yeah. Um, is Cassidy Haynes even a dude? That's a unisex. Uh, so name.
3: and and the, yeah uh, it, yeah it, it is a guy. And uh, I will say, um, Brian uh, uh, Sean Rossap said uh, in the reply to this, I haven't confirmed it yet, but I've known Cassidy to have many contacts in AEW, so that's All at right. least a semi-stamp of approval from old SRS there, so...
2: Okay, alright. I mean... I hope, that yeah,
3: it sounds cool. Sounds fun.
2: But, the additional details... Hmm... <sighs> Would someone give him that? I mean, I, I don't...
3: Yeah, I don't know. That, that might be a... What I read, as somebody who, who's done this now for 10 years, I read yeah. that as somebody in office potentially with the initials TK uh, realizing that this got out and now maybe sending it to a few different people and putting down this exact information and then seeing if it's going to come out. You know what I mean? That little, the leak to find the, uh, the mole type stuff. I don't know. That just seems a little too specific. I don't know if like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
2: The old, uh, you know, stooge bait. Let's yeah. See right, right, right. You know, um,
3: you suspect it's X amount of people, or these these you know group of people. So you tell that group of people this I, I see what you're saying. And okay, see, so see punk, what comes out. Yeah.
2: So you you think the punk info is more solid, and TK might be thinking, all right, the punk thing got out. I gotta find my my uh, I gotta find my rat. I gotta find my stooge. So why don't I tell four different people this Brian Danielson thing? Give four slightly different versions, of, you know, the old Stooge test. Yeah,
3: yeah, right, right. Or if, if not even that, this additional info is the Stooge test. You know, tell, yes. tell these five people were debuting him at Arthur Ashe. Tell these five people were debuting him at all out. Tell these five people were, de- were you know, we have no plans for him and see what happens, see what comes out, and then you can at least come down to okay, <laughs> this guy's now recording the Arthur Ashe. Now I know who's right, kind of doing the talking Yeah, yeah.
2: Because the usual M O out of that place is when they're bringing somebody in, two people know. Tony Khan and the guy coming in. I mean, that's been the MO. So this is why I think this is all very bizarre that, come on, like Andrade is kept under wraps for the most part, but these two enormous stories are going to get leaked? It's just weird to me, you know? Um, I trust Sean Ross Sapp. I don't know anything about Bodyslam.net. Never heard of them until today. So, I don't know. But uh, obviously, it would be enormous gets. And maybe they see, if they are leaking this out, maybe they see more value in leaking these two particular ones out as opposed to keeping it under the vest for whatever reason. Sure. Ratings, pay-per-view buys, to sell tickets in the markets that are struggling. Right. Not-
3: now, yeah, you're selling tickets now. So, that's a different answer. Yeah,
2: and they're not killing it in every market. OK, they kicked ass in New York and they, they're kicking ass in Chicago and they're killing it in some of these other cities. But there's some cities where that look at Miami. I mean, the first show right out of the gate, they didn't even sell it out, you know, and there's some other cities, too, where they're kind of, you know, there's no cities where they're bombing what I would call it bombing. But they're not selling out every city or on pace to sell out every city. So, I mean, that could be a factor, too, or it could just be, you know, could it just simply be. Taking the news cycle back over from WWE with all of their big surprises on Monday,
3: right, right. Which we'll talk about. We'll talk about here in a bit. But yeah, Cena Goldberg, all that sort of stuff, and then them saying, "All right, cool, time for us to get going here and and get people talking," because we're not leading our story, our our show off with John Cena returning or Goldberg returning or any of that. We're we're leading off with Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. So yeah, yeah, uh, maybe
2: when when maybe we would have let off with Raw if none of this. That's the whole point of
3: this stuff. Rules. Remember when you know how there's so many dorks out there that think this stuff sucks?
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. <laughs> just absolute dorks. What are yeah. you doing? What what would really rule is if a third company emerged with a billionaire and, and we, <laughs> right. I mean that's what makes this shit. great. Yes, Jesus
3: Christ, you moron! This is the yeah. best. This is what wrestling was awesome when I was I was ten. The the last time this wrestling was good like this. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. so young, I could barely appreciate it. I was 10, 12, 11. You know, like very early days. The last time wrestling was cool and fun and interesting like this. <laughs> it's been. It's, yes. it's It's just like this stuff is so awesome. Awesome. And again as a 12 year old I realized how awesome it was. I go into AOL chat rooms and be like, yeah, this guy's jumping here and that guy's doing this and Shane Douglas is coming here and like, you know, it was even even in the later, even in 1999 when Jeff Jarrett, you know, jumped from WWE to W he You fucking ruled. It was great. I know. You got a big bag of cash because Vince forgot that his contract expired. He still had the title.
2: And you know, you get punk, he comes out there, talks shit about WWE yes. for 15 minutes. God. People would and then people would complain about that. Yeah. And it's like
3: he doesn't, he doesn't appreciate the job. <laughs>
2: yeah, I want everybody throwing he shots could. at
3: everybody. Yes.
2: Yeah. I'm glad he doesn't. <laughs> I want to talk more shit. Why would you even bring Punk in if he, like, that's the whole point. If like, you want him to be an aggrieved yeah. asshole.
3: Yeah, imagine Paul Heyman saying, ah, can we take out the part where you call Eric Bischoff a dick? Like, I I don't know.
2: Like, what's the Riot. point? You know? yeah. like, no,
3: fucking talk Call him an asshole. I don't give a shit. Fuck that guy.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. <laughs> dork. It's crazy. Just dorks. Daniel. Daniel Bryan's dominating our poll, by the way, that you put up in the No Dopes chat room. Look, yeah. I get it. I, I Look, I don't – I think you can go either way here. In, in a lot of ways, they're both sort of the – um, I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Sort of the uh, – they're like the golden goose or whatever that phrase is of the aid of someone who – you know, as a fan of AEW, these are the two, but I think punk is just more the forbidden fruits than Brian is. Yeah. Because again, what, for what he symbolizes to AEW, it's almost like AEW isn't complete until punk shows up at some point. I know that sounds weird to say, but it's like, um, they can be successful and they can do all these great things and they can be this great, company and everything that the hardcore fan has wanted and they can tick every box but it's like you're almost going to feel like not getting if they never get punk that they just missed out on that one thing that would have completed it for, to, to make a for the comic book goofs for the Marvel nerds no, like this he's should the good. One.
3: <laughs> this should be good as, as somebody who's definitely an expert on the Marvel uh, universe go ahead yeah. go ahead <laughs> he'd please. be
2: like the last gem in that fucking glove right <laughs> perfect yeah that's i was that's, that's I was wondering how be.
3: specific you would be because I know you don't know how to be very specific, but that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad.
2: He'd so. be the last gem for the fucking glove that Thanos. Fucking,
3: Thanos, simply or where you
2: where, you where you where you fucking end the world or what do you snap? What is it the, called? The snap and you fucking end the ah, world. You know more than me or then. Yeah, I guess is.
3: I don't know. Yeah, sure. Go with that. Yeah,
2: you know th- he's like the last fucking gem. Like you know th- that's it's punk. You know that's why I'd give him the slight edge over Brian, even if I personally might rather see Brian there. You know that's the thing. So, I think he'd definitely get a bigger pop. If they both got, okay, equal playing field, same pay-per-view, same scenario, okay, one of Punk's classic themes hits, whether you want to go with Living Color, AFI, I don't care who you go with, and then, or one of Brian's themes hit, you go with Europe, Flight of the Valkyrie, whatever you want to pick, who gets the bigger pop? in a neutral city i still think it's punk
3: yeah i think that the, you know the, the start of uh, a cult of yeah. personality that that crowd just the roof is off that place
2: i don't think people would know afi
3: ah uh, yeah that's a tough one like your hardcores know that but it doesn't have much as, as much of an identifiable open to me as it doesn't as, as,
2: because people a lot of the people in the crowd aren't gonna know that associate that song with
3: i it. mean yeah i mean think about it, what cm punk i mean last time cm punk or punk was in roh i mean those are Early, early ROH people. I mean, he was done, what, 2004 that's or five? Like, you know what five. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Where's Final so, Countdown. I mean, you you got many people that still know Final Countdown. I mean, shit. He, after, especially when he came back after that last one, when he got fired by WWE or whatever, so.
2: Everyone's going to know, cult the person out. That's, that's. You know what I mean? And and um, Daniel Bryan, too, I think Europe is more identifiable to him than the old punk s- ROH song is to him with the current fan base. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think Punk would get the bigger pop. I mean, in in a neutral city, I'm not saying like Chicago, obviously, it's no argument. Um, you know, Seattle maybe Brian would right, but I think in any other city in in America, I think Punk would get the bigger pop. I do, um. You know, so it's like, and the thing is, Punk has just been so. He hasn't wrestled since two thousand fourteen. He's rejected wrestling at every turn. Um, it's almost like he's a, he's like a lot to a lot of fans. He's like a, a spurned lover. Like they they want they've wanted this guy to come back for so long. brian has been gone for ten minutes.
3: Right, right, right.
2: You know, that's the other piece. There's of
3: so this. much, yeah, there's so much more mystique with it, with the with, with CM Punk. And there's so much, I, the, the t- I don't know the right term, but vitriol, you know, with Punk, where you would buy that he would come out there. Cause, you know, even if Dan O'Brien came out there and said, I'm finally where I can work and, you know, be a wrestler, you know, there'd be the, the token like, yeah, you know, he could wrestle. But and, if you know, Punk came out Brian there. Is, and,
2: and Brian had chances and, and right, right, the right. other place. That's the other thing. Like, Punk has just rejected the whole fucking thing. Like he's rejected the whole thing, like I don't want anything to do with any of it. Brian had a chance and picked the other place once already. Well, I guess the sec, I guess the concussion thing. They kind of, depending what dark Twitter thing you want to listen to, he had a, because there's also the idea that legally he couldn't leave, even though he may have wanted to. You know the whole Ring of Honor deal that was on the table, and that whole thing. But that's a whole nother discussion. But um. Yeah, I don't know. It's fun times. This is, you know, this is fun stuff. You know, whether they get one of them or both of them, um, maybe they don't get either one of them. Yeah. Maybe by the end of the show, we'll know that they did get one or the other, or both.
3: Well, I do not. But somebody... you're
2: right. It's it's exciting stuff. Why yes, don't this, great. This? Yes, this is great. Enjoy this. This is
3: great. They again, TK going going for my own heart here. Debuting one of my close personal friends, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he's one of. Uh, he is apparently. Uh, We don't know for sure, but he appears to have replaced Vicky Guerrero as Andrade's uh, executive. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. Someone tweeted, is this the Dynamite after Mania? Like, what are you guys doing? They've lost their fucking minds. I don't know what's going on.
2: Is that even an upgrade, though? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who gives a shit about Chavo Guerrero? (laughs)
3: I will not be smirched, my close personal friend, Chavo Guerrero Jr. So, um.
2: yeah. Well, you know, you're trying to sell dumbbells. I'm, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just watching wrestling.
3: Yeah, I, I, um, for the purposes of my shoot business, I can uh, I cannot comment on Chavo Guerrero. Uh, yeah, Kurt, it's <laughs> so um, Take the floor. What do you think about Chavo? Guerrero?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'll, I'm going to watch the show later. But I mean, <laughs> I got to sell if, some
3: barbells, so I can't, uh, I can't, can't talk shit about Chavo. So,
2: yeah. I don't know. Why doesn't Andrade just... Why does he need to have a manager? Yeah,
3: I don't know. I'm not sure.
2: Why doesn't he just have Alex Abrahantes or whatever? He does a nice job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they don't want to associate him with Death Triangle, because that guy's already... Because he's going to feud with Death Triangle. So I guess that's why you wouldn't use him, but... Um, I guess not know. I guess I'll give it, I'll give it a chance. Chapo. <laughs> Chavo. <laughs> Kerwin White. I will White say,
3: Kerwin. there's one thing Chapo was great at doing, and that is getting work. That dude... Oh, always yeah. involved in everything. I mean, he, even when he's not in wrestling, he's in wrestling. He was doing the shit for like Glow. He was doing the shit for, uh, he's probably involved in the Stephen ML thing too. He's always working, man. Always, always. Lucha Underground. Yeah, Lucha Underground, to... yeah. Always
2: working. Yeah. Good for he him. He really does always get work. Yeah. Hair loss replacement commercials.
3: <laughs> which he then shaves, which is the best part. He gets, right. He gets hair plugs and then buzzes it.
2: <laughs> right right you think he'd grow it out
3: No, like, like yeah hey, you got him man go pay a lot of money for that those things aren't cheap you know
2: you figure the company would want him to have like a bob armstrong fro yeah out right there, you know right, right. but he's you're right he's like shaving it <laughs> down you don't even see the benefits no. really you know it's like <laughs> What are you doing that? If you're shaving the hair off, the point is to yeah, it's an excellent point. Yeah, it should
3: be down you to know? his fucking ankles. You know, hey, look how big my hair. is. You know, like.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it, it it'd be like, uh, it'd be like getting the Frank Thomas fucking boner pills and then abstaining from sex. Like, right. what are we doing here? Like, you, you know, what do you need the testosterone for <laughs> if you're not going to lay pipe? You know, you gotta go lay some pipe.
3: And she'll love it you know? too. Yeah, because that, that's the real point about that commercial. They they no doubt they give it. you all the oh, it's great for working out and muscles, and then they It'll do the give
2: you energy.
3: <laughs> right. And then you at the end that
2: energy boost you need at four PM. No no, listen. And then at the end about... there's the
3: wife who's who's stroking mm-hmm. the uh, the tennis club yes. uh, in that one commercial and they go. And she'll like it, too. You know, Doug Flutie and fucking who's the other guy? Oh, Annie Van Slyke? Yeah, Annie Van Slyke. And she'll like it, too, as they're like, hey, you're going to get fucked by your husband.
2: All right? Right. <laughs> Enjoy right. that, yeah.
3: When you guys yeah. are done playing tennis.
2: It's yeah. going to Plowtown. It's <laughs> right. going to Plowtown. Yes, it's a household name, Andy Van Slyke.
3: <laughs> I know. It's like I get Andy Doug Van Flutie and Frank yeah. Thomas, and then fucking. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time he appeared. I'm like, who Dang. the fuck is that guy? And They're like, Andy right. Van Slyke. You know, in the commercial, <laughs> like you
2: know, like yeah, you would walk
3: into like, the gym and recognize Andy Van Slyke. Like Frank Thomas. Trust me, I have seen that man in real life. He is six foot four, two hundred thirty, you know, two hundred seventy five pounds. Like. You know what Frank Thomas looks like when you walk into a room. Like, he's a very large man. There's no misidentifying Frank Thomas. Like, you, you know, Frank Thomas. Doug Flutie, I, I, I mean, I think I would recognize Doug Flutie. I don't know. I, th- I feel like most people would probably recognize Doug Flutie, right?
2: He, listen, Frank Thomas and Doug Flutie still look like yes. Frank Thomas <laughs> and Doug Flutie. Andy Vance like looks like Anakin Skywalker dying at the end of Return of the Jedi when he takes the helmet off. Like he he doesn't look like Andy. And and who even remembers yeah, I don't know if I remember Vance what Andy Vance like anyway. looked
3: like? Yeah. I don't know if I can tell you what Andy Van like looked like when he was playing for the Pirates in their in their prime. So
2: Right. So it's like a guy that nobody remembers to begin with. <laughs> It's he's like a one and a half war player from 1987 <laughs> that no one remembers except me and you and our fathers. And and you don't. And even if you remember the name, you don't know what he looked like. And he doesn't look like he used to look either. Like Doug Flutie still looks like right, Doug right, Flutie. Right. Doug Flutie's been calling Notre Dame games since 19 you know 2002. He's still on TV every Saturday. Frank Thomas still looks like Frank Thomas did in 1999. Andy Van Sluck is just a, a nice little baseball player from 1987, but but it's good to know that he still has a powerful boner. Yeah, that, right. that's right. Yeah,
3: thanks to Nugenix, I believe is that we got to get them to sponsor us as we Genics, bury, I would love to get Barry one third of their advertising. But... Yeah, I think yeah. you could at least. I, I think safely. I, I think very safe. I can make this bet. I think you could sell more Boner Pills than Andy Van like could.
2: I, without question... Like a
3: one-to-one, sell- like, if Andy Vance like had a promo code and you had a promo code, I think you sell more Boner Pills.
2: I would beat Andy Van like, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah.
3: You're not I beating can, Flutie. I, think... I
2: don't, yeah, I don't no, think so. Yeah, no, probably And I don't I think
3: you're probably... beating Frank Thomas either, so...
2: No, I mean, that'd be a tough task, but uh, I think I could beat Andy Vance. No, you could, I think you very easily could beat Andy Van like. Yeah, it's more my brand. I mean, yeah, my whole for brand sure. is right, right, right. I've made nineteen dick jokes on this show so far. <laughs> I mean, that's the brand, you know. So that it fits the whole. You know, I'm not going to be afraid to go there, as they say. Mm-hmm. You know, to sell the pills, I'll go anywhere. You know, I'll bring personal experience into play. I've come on here and talked about popping. Yeah, go yeah, and yeah.
3: The, the big kangaroo you know? or whatever the hell it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah, big kangaroo. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: I see that one every so often.
2: Skin ripping boner. It was unbelievable. It was <laughs> I terrifying.
3: See, I see that one at a gas station sometimes, and without yeah. failure, Michelle sees that I see it, and the nurse sees that I see it, yeah. and she goes, "I know, I know." <laughs> like, don't tell me the story you're gonna about Joe's yeah. rip, ripping boner again. She doesn't
2: want to hear about my boner. No. She's like, She's "I
3: like, don't like, care." Bone, bone and I'm story. like, I mean, yeah. he talks about that all the time about his boner. She's like, "I know, I don't care." <laughs> like, I guess yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, skin <laughs> yeah, ripping boner about it, and I tell her anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm just like, you know, the big kangaroo. Yeah. She's like, okay, all right. Just tell the fucking story.
2: <laughs> I felt like it was gonna rip from my skin. It was ridiculous. <laughs> That's the danger of taking a boner pill if you have a normally functioning penis. It's like you, it, it, you don't need that extra power. It's completely unnecessary. It was a little scary to be completely honest. But uh there's the Rhino Ten Thousand. You know the Rhino. I think yeah, I, I one see, of I see
3: that one every so often. Yeah.
2: I got one in the drawer. I'm, I'm terrified to pop it though. Cause it's, it's a giant capsule with these little <laughs> I see, balls I, see inside. Yes. I have like,
3: seen that. You can see, you can see the, the, the pill. Uh, I think through the box, or at least it's like a clear box or whatever. When I'm at a, there's like gas station around the corner for me has it, and I'm just like, I always look at that like, man, I don't know, <laughs> like that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's it's, a big pill. <laughs> it's a what's big in pill. that thing? Like I don't really want to know. That's- it's
2: a it's a big pill with a lot of little pills inside, and you can see them because it's a capsule style. Yeah, you know, it's like a Tylenol where you see the little balls inside. You know those kind of Tylenols. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, twice the size of that. I'm not even sure I could swallow this thing without, like, extra effort. It's huge. And then it's got the the hologram of the rhino on the fucking box art, like a charging rhino coming at (laughs) you. Yeah,
3: that, that might be much. Yeah, too
2: much. Which is the kind of imagery you want, honestly, if you're looking for boner power. You want a charging rhino. That's a good idea. Probably a better idea than the kangaroo, right? Like. What's with the kangaroo?
3: Yeah, more jumpy, more kind of quick, twitched. You know what I mean? Versus yeah, the rhino. Just, hop. Yeah, the rhino's just all power, just brute yeah, force and power. power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's it's honestly a little intimidating. I still haven't taken it um, that pill. I've, I'm I'm a little scared of it, to be completely honest. But um, uh oh, Chavo Guerrero led us to this. So mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, thank in you. a round in a roundabout way I as the surprises
3: travel. just keep coming yeah, yeah. Guerrero. so okay that is that is down brian cm punk uh that is that um i, I should note here the, the the one thing about brian as well and this was from pw insider uh, over the weekend as well as they said brian was not a part of recent lists of uh talent plans for licensing and merchandising uh and was not scheduled for any action figure releases as well in the year but uh that stuff is always you know what i mean that, that can be kind of loose but i don't know relatively telling i guess but uh yeah, well
2: the guy's not under contract right, right. Do you have exactly that, that,
3: we get that every time with the brock lesnar thing where they're like oh they took brock lesnar's stuff down from the store and it's like yeah he's not under contract like you know they yeah,
2: no shit they yeah, don't they're not allowed, him
3: allowed him. to sell his likeness if he's not under contract like that's that's fine yeah, we
2: get that yeah but anyway they'll sign him they'll put it back up
3: absolutely so that's that that's Sam Bryan, and that is cm punk uh you want to uh you want to stick with the wv here talk money in the bank yeah, we
2: got to do Money in the Bank. Yeah,
3: let's do it. Money in the Bank. It's uh, Sunday, Sunday on the old uh sort of the Peacock. I guess this is a good opportunity, Joe, to plug uh Ex- ExpressVPN, uh, voiceorresting.com slash express, because halfway through the show, uh, Peacock took an absolute shit. Uh, so if you're watching on Peacock, you missed a lot of it, but you don't have to miss all of it slash Express. And you're talking about all these great shows that you're watching up on your old network as well, Uh, which, you know, some of that stuff is available on Peacock, but, you know, there's still a shit ton of stuff that they said. They have 30 days, Joe, as of this recording. They have 30 days to get everything up that they said they were going to get up. And that shit, half that stuff's not even up there. Get out of here. Drop no. mid south and make me think that you got everything up there. Thirty days until they just promised at SummerSlam they would have everything that was on the current network up on Peacock. I don't buy it, Joe, but anyway, uh voice the rest on a com slash express to get on Express VPN, And then uh you can live uh where Joe and I live. Uh he lives on the Docklands. I live in a McDonald's in Melbourne, and uh, I get to WWE network whenever I want.
2: So So can we dispel um they've been shutting down uh, some VPNs lately, WWE Network. But the thing is um, if you're going to use express VPN, give the, give the, give
3: the, uh, the voices, slash express.
2: Yeah. What you need to do is you have to set it up with a foreign address outside the United States. That's the key. Um, that's a very important part of this, which is why Rich chose some random McDonald's in Australia. <laughs> um,
3: what do you mean random?
2: Well, any McDonald's will do. I live and, there.
3: And, <laughs> that's where you, I live. That's right. You yeah. live there. Right.
2: Though, correct. Um, but yeah, you have to pick a foreign address. As long as you do that and you pay with PayPal, okay, uh, you should be good. Where people are getting nabbed is they're either using a free VPN, which are easier to detect, okay? And this is a pay service, but you're going to get what you pay for here or they're not setting their and they're still setting their address to an american address cuz they're paying with a debit card or something and the address has to be linked to the debit card that's you're you're probably going to get caught at right some
3: point you're letting too. them know that you're from america and and they're going to know that you're And you're not breaking
2: it. the law or anything but they're going to prevent you from logging into the network through the VPN at that point so uh use the foreign address pay with PayPal and you should be all right because uh all these people are getting nabbed i have not i watch every day i log into the network every single day uh voicewrestling.com/express uh, vpn and just um, express
3: just express i i, just, I suppose i can make it express vpn too but
2: uh, no nah, just leave it express yeah just i i'm confusing everybody i could do both i could do both but all right use so we'll express
3: yeah use slash express that'll work a little bit better for you
2: yeah and that'll yeah so uh if you want the full powered network that doesn't die in the middle of a pay-per-view for 20 minutes um now what they missed was some hilarious Matt Riddle comedy when uh, when the network dropped out this past Sunday, and then the beginning of the uh, I think Men's Money in the Bank match. I but think Rich, only entrances, you and only I entrances. Didn't have to worry about yeah, that.
3: no problems at all. I think I think it went through as far as I could f- follow on Twitter. I think it went through the hilarious Matt Riddle comedy that, that was just a, a barrel of laughs. I can't even recreate it. It was so funny. Uh, obviously, if you're on the network, you could have seen that, that this this amazing comedy. Uh, that happened, but uh, yeah, I think you got all the way through the, uh, the the entrances of the Money in the Bank, and maybe the first minute or two, and then Peacock came back after that, but you, you missed, you know, you missed some good stuff, you missed entrances, and a great comedy segment, so um, and you're missing all the other shit that was on the network before, and that they claim that they're going to put on Peacock but you and I know that they're not going to put
2: on Peacock but they're so. never going to put on Peacock, yeah, and the great organization
3: yes, because Peacock's organization is uh, pretty terrible, so yeah, unless you know how many um, seasons the King of the Ring is, so
2: listen <laughs> like, as I've said, I don't think I'm ever switching to Peacock, even if they get everything up. It's just I, I, I'm willing to pay a little bit extra for the VPN and all to have the, the original old school network. It's just so much better. Um, but anyway, Money in the Bank, which once again had technical problems on Peacock, but not the original network. Um, look, I thought the show was pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
3: I'm with you. Uh, you know, I, liked, I liked way more than I did like uh, on the show. Um. Hot crowd, great crowd, really, really brought the entire building. I mean, just just having that building full and they popped for, they were an easy as hell crowd, which is fine. That's good. People use that as like a derogatory thing. Like you should be having an easy crowd. Like if you're a good wrestling company, you'll have an easy crowd because the crowd believes in you and trusts you and cares and all that sort of stuff. Like that is the goal of a wrestling company is to have an easy crowd that goes nuts for all, everything that you do. That's what you want. So, I always hear people say, Oh, well, this is an easy crowd. I'm like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's what I want. But, you know, this is an easy crowd, obviously, being that they haven't seen wrestling. They haven't seen live wrestling in, in a long time. They haven't seen live WWE wrestling in a long time. But I thought the crowd really, really helped the show. And I thought, you know, you can even take the crowd out of it. And I think this was a pretty, uh, pretty solid show with a lot more, yeah, like I said, that I liked, the, uh, you know, a lot more that I liked that I uh, over the you know, other than I didn't like, you know, the very, very few things I did not like on the show.
2: We got to address this, though, with the crowd. I mean, you were right. They're never going to stop sweetening the crowd. Never. They're never going to stop slapping the buttons. Um, There were very obvious moments in the opener, the women's money in the bank, where, by the way, talk about easy crowd, about two of these women got any kind of reaction coming out. I think Liv Morgan, I can't remember whether Naomi got a reaction or not. She got good reactions during the match, but I don't know if her entrance did. Zelina,
3: I think, got a decent pop when she came out.
2: Well, Tamina got nothing. Um, I was—I thought Zelina got nothing, too.
3: Maybe I'm mixing the, up Zelina and someone else, but Nikki got nothing as well, for sure.
2: Nikki got nothing, yeah. Um, which is like, wow, you're the first people out, and some of you were getting nothing. <laughs> but then during the match, it was so obvious that they were doing shit with uh, reactions because... Like, Tamina would hit an offensive move and it would go, boo, that fake boo, Mm -hmm. where it's so obvious it's fake. And then someone would do something to Tamina and you'd get the fake vacuum cheering. Yay! And then Tamina would do something and it would go, boo, for the same length of time, for the same tone. Like, they don't even mix it up. They just have one boo button. <laughs> yeah,
3: Like I said, there's, there's a guy at the desk and there's a giant button that says boo, and then a giant button that says yay. And they just click it. Yeah, it's, I <laughs> and love it. It comes yeah.
2: across like such shit. <laughs> like it's just, it's so, um, and you know, it's distracting. I saw someone tweet this and I completely agree. It may have been Garrett Kidney. Let's give him credit anyway. But I think it ah, was he deserves Garrett.
3: it. Yeah, Garrett deserves it. Give it to him.
2: I'm 90% certain it was him, but I saw his tweet, and I was like, motherfucker, I agree completely. When I watch WWE shows now, I am totally distracted by watching the crowd to see if the crowd reactions match the actual crowd. It's distracting Mm -hmm. to me now. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm watching the crowd to see, okay, are these people really booing? No, everyone's just sitting there. No one's making this sound that's coming out of my speakers. This chant, no one's doing it. So you can easily tell when they're pressing buttons by just looking at the crowd. They'll, they're sitting there bored. No one, they're all looking at their phones. No one's mouths are moving. And you hear this boo for Tamina when she does, I don't know, a fucking a front kick to the chest on Zelina Vega. You know, So it's irritating. And what it does is it makes you question every pop on the show. Was this really as loud as it came across? Did they add to it? Because they did that for um, uh, Bianca Belair on SmackDown. It was very obvious. They sweetened the reaction she got coming out on on SmackDown, that first night where they had the crowds back. And, And in her case, it was obvious. But on some of these shows where the crowd's going crazy, we may not be able to tell. If they're sweetening it or adding to it, it's rich, it sucks because yeah. that's the, mm-hmm. the pro wrestling is who's getting a reaction and who's not. And they've compl- and listen, yes, they've been doing it forever. We have all the stupid people in our mansion saying, Well, they've been sweetening crowds forever. Yeah, yeah but what about Hulk Hogan
3: produced. and Sid and Royal Rumble 92? Yeah, that was in the edits, that was in the calcium video.
2: Yeah, this is this whole doing it with live crowds is a relatively new thing. Right. I mean, they were They've doing done it, it a for SmackDown
3: bit. for decades. They've done it for Coliseum taped. Video. Re- yeah, all taped stuff.
2: Yeah, and it's like, and it was so obvious on the tape shows. But it's like this, this it, again, it, it fucks with what the essence of what wrestling is. But they, again, they don't want to be wrestling. You know, they want to be this content farm, and you know that whole conversation we've been having for months and months, and it just sucks as a fan, as someone who's interested and in who's over and who's not over. And um, you can't, it's, it's. I mean, look, Edge has come out on all these shows and gotten monster reactions. Those are obviously real, Um, you know, but it's like some of these in-between ones, it's like it's hard to tell, and it's just shitty. No, it's just shitty. Just let the fucking chips fall. If someone's not over, isn't that a good thing to know so you can stop pushing I Right, I
3: I would prefer to know that. Yeah, I would prefer to know that. Like, in in any business, you would prefer to know what's working and what's not working as opposed to just being, you know, lying to yourself and saying, oh, this is working. Yeah, that's fine. No, 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 it's working. It's working because that's that's just bad business. That's just a stupid way to run a business. But when um, there's a
2: menu item that doesn't sell, I don't tell my bosses we sold a thousand. (laughs) Right, exactly. We get it off the menu. I mean, you know, what are we doing here? You know, get Tamina off the menu. <laughs> right.
3: Tamina needs to be off the you menu know,
2: immediately. Yes. Get, get her out of here. She's useless. No one cares about her, and she sucks. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I guess we'll start with that match. I mean,
3: Yeah, like, well, um, I was going to say out of the gates, this is the, uh, the match I probably hated the most. Um, I thought this was atrocious. It's I, not good. This was really, really bad. It, it speaks to everything that we talked about last week when we were making fun of this division and making fun of that photo. And just, what is this division now? What have you done? I mean, you have access, and you have had access to, like, most of the top women's wrestlers over the last, you know, four or five years or whatever are in your system or have been in your system or, you know, whatever. And this is what you spit out here in this Money in the Bank match is, is, is this. And, like... There wasn't even, I mean, the work wasn't even good at any point. Like, and there's some good workers in here. Asuka's a good worker. I think at, at, at her core, Alexa Bliss is a decent worker. I think Nikki Cross is a decent worker. I think Liv Morgan's solid. And Natalia, Naomi, Tamina, Selena, well, hey, you know what? They're cool too. But uh, like, even with that being said, like, there was nothing, it was all about the sideshow of look at these silly people doing silly things the entire time which is really weird when you have a match with, with such stakes as this money to make ladder match but you know i don't know it, it's to me it's just it, it was a microcosm of all the issues that this women's that that women in this company have right now where it's just what what direction are you going with this what are you doing why why are these people so weird and strange and odd like what what what's the goal here what's the end game
2: Yeah, man, I just thought it sucked.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got, Le- you got Alexa Bliss and Zelina Vega climbing up the ladder. Alexa Bliss stares at Zelina Vega, and goes, "Yeah, right. well, we
2: were gonna get, we were gonna get the one, yeah, zombie yeah,
3: spot." Yeah, it's know? just kind of funny. It's the one that re Lena Zelina Vega.
2: <laughs> they do it too, right. And she right.
3: walks down the ladder because Alexa Bliss <laughs> made her walk down the ladder. And then just the ending too is so funny. You got all these dorks fighting, and then here comes the superhero who almost a superhero who climbs up and and steals the money in the bank out of that. So like people talking about what a tremendous accomplishment it was. And she just like, you know, comes in through the back door, you know, and, and and wins it. It's not even like a, a true, it's not even like a, she earned it type of win. You you know what I mean? It's one of those kind of backhanded wins that they, they like to do as well. So I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll disagree with you slightly. I think there's more shitty wrestlers in this match than there are good wrestlers. We kind of talked about it last week and, um, you know, they had their pre-planned, stunts like you do in the latter matches, just none of it landed. It just wasn't good. Um the 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 fake crowd reactions were very distracting in this match more than some of the other matches. And uh you know the Alexa Bliss stuff always falls flat with me. Um there was some booing when Alexa Bliss did that spot. Did you yes. notice that?
3: Yes there was very and much did you,
2: and did you notice on Raw when they did Alexa's Funhouse or whatever with uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop.
3: <laughs> Drop, yeah.
2: That uh, they they turn the crowd off Yeah, mute
3: it. Yeah, that's weird because I've been told, Joe, that this is really over and people love it. So, um, uh,
2: You know, I don't know. I don't know. Evidence seems to be going the other way on that. Um,
3: I think in her entrance, I noticed this a little bit too. She came out and there was initial booze and then there was cheers. It was one of those, you know, (laughs) like, you know, actual boos and the... I like cheer the the vacuum, you know the airport, there's, uh, you know cheers for her when she came down. But yeah, I think I don't think the fans like Alexa Bliss very much. So
2: there's a, definitely a segment of fans who do. Um, you know there's creeps paying eight hundred dollars for her to give them twenty five second cameos. I mean so, and we know that the Reddit mutants are into this, you know Alexa and Bray Wyatt stuff. So there, there's a segment of the fan base who likes this stuff, but. Um, You know, the, the, the early returns with fans are not good so far when it comes to Alexa. I mean, you know, Asuka was like a ghost in this match. She did nothing. I She did so little in this match, I thought she was going to win. Because I thought it was going to be the deal where everyone else gets some shine because Asuka's going to win. You know how they like to do that? Yeah, right, right. Like, I was convinced she was going to win the match because I, I kept forgetting she was actually in the match. Um. And yeah, you know, I think Zelina Vega, she isn't any good, and Tamina's no good. Natalia is very overrated by some people. Other people. Other people, I kind of think she's kind of underrated. I don't think she's as bad as people say, but I don't think she's as good as the people who think she's good think she is, if that makes any sense. Uh, Naomi, I think, is just a, it just exists. I don't have any fucking, opinion she is, uh, Joe, do
3: you know she's a SmackDown talent now? As of, yeah, Steady Moves yes. her over. Yes. Yeah. Did um, you know she was a Raw
2: talent before this? Uh, <laughs> I did not. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I could have, I'd have to think about that one. Um,
3: <laughs> I saw the news report breaking Naomi <laughs> traded to SmackDown. Oh,
2: okay, cool. Liv Morgan, who our own Andy Labar finally pinned down her gimmick. He says that she's a uh, – I'm like, what is Liv Morgan supposed to be? And he's like, she's a uh, – she's, she's a velvet painting of a sad clown. <laughs> I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. what she is. He nailed it. The first person to figure out what Liv Morgan is supposed to be, right? Um, yeah, and Alexa, I guess she can be good, but she's not with this gimmick. And Nikki's fine. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a look, we made fun of it last week, and it it ended up being terrible. I mean, i I had a feeling it was gonna be terrible, so,
3: yeah, the big spot in this match, too, which is funny is 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 Nikki jumping off that ladder on everybody, but she fucking blew it. You know what I mean like she jumped yeah. off, which I, I again is the comedy that they probably want out of this character, which again speaks to a lot of issues, is like she jumps, the ladder falls behind her, she Barely makes it to the ring. She barely makes it to the people, but like they showed a replay right away. So obviously they thought, ah, oh, that's good shit. You know what I mean? And it's probably exactly what they wanted out of this. Almost a superhero character is for her to uh, come out there and 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 calling her almost a superhero every single time is just fucking grating as hell. It's just it's terrible, 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 terrible.
2: But well, I guess we can we can work raw into this a bit so she cashes in on raw and she wins now we all know this is just to artificially fluff up charlotte's numbers right i mean charlotte's gonna beat her either next week or on the next pay-per-view or very shortly charlotte this is
3: not the beginning of a long nikki ash run so
2: no um and she got the big pop for winning on raw but that's the title change pop and that's the cash in pop right anybody's gonna get that the character Good for her. She probably extended her WWE career by uh, by years with this character. Or there's at least a chance that she has. Do I think this is going to catch on and be some kind of you know big draw even with kids? Or no, I do not. I don't. I don't think this gimmick is going to. Um, yeah. There's nothing kids kinda... love
3: more than stupid shit. Yeah, kids love stupid shit. I love this idea. That... Hey, hey yeah, you got to make something I mean... dumb as fuck
2: because kids are going to love it. Uh, okay. <laughs> like... Yeah, I what mean Hurricane kids? worked hurricane worked i guess Did it? i
3: mean did
2: it i mean he he did he that got, i mean he, he got a, a lot time. of
3: money on it. he got a job for it, but who watched because of the hurricane
2: i mean i'm not suggesting it was like a main event gimmick but for its place on the card i think it was over more so than some of the others they've tried sure
3: sure i i, I like agree.
2: yeah like shit it was not over um who are the other they, they've done other superheroes um can't think of them off the top of my head but it never works with the exception of Hurricane, I guess. Um and again at that, he's just a lower mid-carter, anyway. You know, he's a, a successful for being a lower mid-carter. So I you know, I don't know. What else do you want me to say? Yeah. We're spending a lot of time on this. We really
3: are. Let's let's move on. Yeah, this match was bad, and so we should move on here. Uh, Raw Tag Team title Match here, AJ Styles and almost. Defeat the Viking Raiders to attain the uh, Raw Tag Team titles. Hey, I did note here, and this was actually interesting, It's a new kind of directive, I guess, from WWE, is uh, throughout this show, they were doing callbacks of, hey, remember on this pay-per-view when this person did this? And uh, they did that on the first show. They showed a bunch of, you know, they did for Charlotte. Hey, here's when she won all of her other titles. Uh, Unfortunately, with this Raw Tag Team title match, they went back to last year when the Viking Raiders uh, and the Street Profits had their uh, Viking basketball game thing <laughs> from last year, which I was like, oh, yeah. I guess, I mean, I, I, I suppose, but they're like, Hey, do you remember when the Viking Raiders did this? And it's like, okay. yeah. I didn't, but then I had to remember again that they did this, but I thought this, this was a pretty okay match. I thought all things considered not great, not like an incredible, you know, bell to bell match, but I think a, a solid enough story told by both these guys. And, and, and uh, yeah, I, I, I liked this. I thought it was perfectly fine.
2: Yeah. I mean, another thing that's not over is eating turkey legs and being a fucking Renaissance festival dork because the the Viking guys are not over or they weren't in front of this crowd. Um, this crowd thought AJ Styles was still a babyface. I mean, it was crazy how AJ and almost have clearly and firmly been heels this entire time, but they were getting all of the uh, positive reactions in this match. So, um, if this were run like a traditional wrestling company where normal rules applied and normal logic applied, I would think that the Viking Raiders would maybe be off TV or they'd have to rethink how they push them. Or maybe a heel turn is in the cards because these guys just weren't over. But as we know, in this company, nothing means anything. So who the fuck knows? I mean, they'll probably win the tag team titles next week, but um, that was my biggest takeaway here. How, how they are just the complete opposite of over.
3: I don't want to call this my favorite match on the entire show, but I don't think I enjoyed a match more than I enjoyed the WWE title match. Bobby Lashley defeating Kofi Kingston by referee's decision in seven minutes. Bell rings. Kofi gets a few hope spots, and then essentially for the next seven minutes, Bobby Lashley beats the fuck out of this guy, beats him into a pulp, until the referee finally decides, please stop. You've killed this man enough. The match is over. I love yeah. this. It's
2: fucking it's exact. great. It is- <laughs> exactly what I said. They should have done. Oh
3: my god, it's perfect. It's so and and what's best too is the crowd goes nuts. They're booing Lashley. They're going, you know, and and everyone's saying, "Oh my god, Lashley!" Oh my god, and it's like wrestling is so simple. Just have a guy. The, what they've done with Bobby Lashley over the last year and a half, Joe, is he wins all of his matches and he beats guys convincingly, and he's yeah arguably the company's biggest star.
2: And he lost via banana peel to Xavier Woods, which refocused him.
3: Right. He said, get these broads out of here. Get these cars out of here. I'm just going to go back yeah. and whoop ass. And MVP goes, all right, cool. I'll get rid of the broads. I'll get rid of the cars. Just go whoop ass. Bell rings here and just goes out there and whips ass. It's...
2: I, I, listen, we've said it all along. This show has no problem with the Bobby last no. push any step of the way. He's no, been no. pushed perfectly. I have problems how they don't set anybody up to be the guy to knock him off. They're not building anyone. Well. <laughs> Same problem on the other show. And yeah, now we got
3: one, but yeah.
2: Well, you know, we'll get to Raw. But this is exactly what I said last week in the preview on the overrun, $5 tier, that this should be a squash. Because if you're setting this guy up for Bill Goldberg, what's Bill Goldberg's whole fucking MO? He's a guy who does squash matches, right? So it works from that perspective. The other thing here is Kofi Kingston is perfect to get squashed in a scenario like this because number one, he's over. So it's going to. It's going to, it's heat. Yeah. Oh, the crowd crowd hated.
3: Oh, the crowd hated Bobby Lashley after this. Hated him.
2: People like Kofi. He's over. It's more effective to do it with someone who's over rather than doing it to Eric of the Viking Raiders. So Kofi is over enough to where it's effective, but he's also someone where you're not hurting him because you're never pushing him at that level. So he's perfect. Kofi Kingston's never going to be a top guy. Okay. Uh, He was a top. He's 40 years old. He's, his die has been cast as a mid carter. When they tried him as a top guy, it did not work. Okay? You know, we've been over that a million times. Go watch his matches as champion. Not the build-up, not the title win, where he was enormously over in a great match and all that. But they didn't want to see him as champion. They wanted to see him win the title, but they didn't want to see him be the champion. And we've seen that historically in wrestling before. So he's a guy you're never going to push because you can't. Because people don't accept him as a top guy because been, they've been taught for a decade that he's not a top guy. But he's popular enough to wear the squash, uh, where if you squash him, it's going to get the right kind of heat for your heel. So that's why I thought this was the way to go. I didn't think they'd have the guts to do it. But they did have the guts to do it. Lashley just beat the living shit out of him until the referee stopped the match. It was great. This was classic pro wrestling, you know. And, and Kofi also is the kind of guy who, you know, he he can he can bump and sell like a like he's he's just perfect in every way. Oh for yeah, this. yeah.
3: He he made he look. I mean, you felt for this guy when it was you yes. know six minutes into this match. You're like, oh my god, this guy's getting absolutely pulverized. And he's so yeah. He did. he played his role perfectly. Lashley played his role perfectly. I thought the announcers were perfect. I mean, this was this is pro wrestling, and it's so simple. And it's so easy, and it's so effective. Yet, all up and down this show, and all up and down, everyone's guilty of this. Every single wrestling company is guilty of this, of just overthinking wrestling. It's not fucking hard. It's so simple. And they show you with this Lashley story. They have done nothing with Lashley. That's been everything that he's done for the last year and a half is he comes out, he looks like a badass, he wears cool suits, he has a guy that talks for him, then the bell rings, then he kicks ass, and he wins titles, and that's it. And that's, that's what wrestling has done for 50 years, and it's worked perfectly. And for some reason, we just avoid this, and we go in the most odd, weird yeah. directions we could possibly go, where at the end of the day, it's just not that hard. No, not you can't do this same thing with every single person. But at its core, guy wins matches, guy convincingly beats other people, guy wins titles. It's not hard.
2: Bobby Lashley has no business selling for Kofi Kingston no. in this scenario. No, And then they, people will tell you the one misstep was breaking up the Hurt Business and whatnot. I don't think that was the misstep. The misstep was the handling of the guys who got kicked out of the Hurt Business. The follow-up on those guys was terrible because they just did nothing with them. I don't mind breaking Lashley away from those guys. That that wasn't the mistake. I don't think that was a mistake. They just didn't – that didn't catapult those dudes to to anything further in the aftermath. So I really have no complaints at all, start to finish with this Lashley push. So. And I guess we can do Goldberg after we break down the pay-per-view, right? Yeah, so, yeah,
3: let's do that. We'll talk about all the, yeah. all the returns there. But uh, then we had the Rob Women's title match, I, uh, my leader in the clubhouse for worst feud of the year. But I it may have lost it here because you always talk about this with Charlotte, where sometimes with a Charlotte match, and, and, and I should say every time with a Charlotte match, there, there's one of two ways it can go. Charlotte is always going to be reckless, and she's always going to do shit, and she's probably going to hurt the other person. She's probably going to hurt herself, and sometimes the match is an absolute disaster, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what are they going for here? Nothing is working, and sometimes you go, Jesus Christ, this match is a disaster. What are they going for here? Nothing is working. This match fucking rules. You know what I mean? It's oh, it's the same thing. She wrestles reckless and out of control, and she, nothing makes sense, and everything's ridiculous. Sometimes it's weird and odd, and you don't really quite get it, and sometimes it just works. This is one of the ones that worked. I thought these two went out there and just did shit. It didn't all look good, but it resembled a fight. It felt like a fight, and, and it kind of felt reckless, and it felt like one of these two women was going to walk out in a fucking cast and you know get put into an ambulance, and that made it kind of fun. So I like this. I thought this was pretty damn good.
2: Yeah, this is – I think you, you, know, you nailed my talking point. I don't have much to add. This is one of those Charlotte Flair matches, which they're, they're almost always a train wreck. But sometimes they're a train wreck in the bad way, like a lot of the matches against Rhea Ripley. Um really everything they've done in between yes. <laughs> WrestleMania and Tampa and this match, because the Tampa match was good. The first WrestleMania in the performance center. And this match has been sloppy, you know, and it's like, but this was sloppy in all the right ways because you felt like somebody might die. And they were working stiff with each other and they were dropping each other on their heads, and it worked. And I thought, you know, this was a contender for match of the night. And, um, you know, you said everything I wanted to say. I really liked it, but I'm with you. The feud fucking stinks. We talked about the angle the next night where once again, Charlotte gets herself disqualified with the belt shot. Um, you know, and then they do the cash in after Rhea beats her up or whatever. But, um, yeah, the feud can go kick rocks. The feud stinks. It's not doing anything for Ripley. Um, yeah, you know, I'm losing faith in Ripley by the week. How can you not? It's the same old story with this company, but, uh, but this match. Yeah. I thought this match kicked ass.
3: Yeah. Not much else really to add about this. Uh, I thought, uh, there was an interesting point here where, uh, I don't know. They, they either scrambled or they had no idea what to do or, or, or something happened, but there was loud. We want Becky chance. And I was watching, I actually had to watch this part. Well, good. Uh, yeah, and and so I, I was curious because I actually I jumped I was jumping between the two. I, I my my network thing was being a little weird, uh, so I jumped to Peacock for this match. But on WWE Network, did it go to Black when Charlotte Flair flicked the crowd off, or no?
2: Not that I noticed. No. Interesting. That's strange. I could be wrong, though. Yeah,
3: so I, uh, I don't know. Our yeah,
2: international I, listeners might.
3: Right, I'm curious. So what essentially what happened is you got a we want Becky chant, yeah. and then Charlotte flicked the crowd off, but like they went to Black. But then they return from black. you still saw her like flicking the crowd off.
2: Well, you know, God forbid we do something organic on the
3: show. But it's <laughs> right, a, right. You know,
2: it's like that would be great that she's flipping yeah. it off the crowd. And you're you're building heat, and it made the, and then the
3: what happened was, turn. and I think this actually helped the match a little bit too. Is Charlotte's stomping around the ring? People say we want Becky, we want Becky. She flicks the crowd off, and then she just stares at Rhea and fucking slaps her. It was like, all right, let's fucking yeah. go. Like now I'm pissed. Like I'm upset. Like that could have worked. Yeah, in, in any other normal wrestling company, they would utilize that. As a story of yeah. the match that these two women are out here busting their ass and everyone's chanting for, you know, and you could use that as a story. Charlotte Flair could say, hey, I'm busting my ass out here and you're chanting for Becky Lynch, who she's not even around. Where the hell is she? You know, you would use that as a, as a positive. But yeah, of course. You.
2: Well, what do you think the crowd's going to do in a match where they can't figure out who the baby
3: is? <laughs> right. And they don't like the feud because the feud's been horrendous. And yeah, you right. don't know who to cheer for. and You don't know what's going on. And it was in the yeah. beginning of the match because they and they bought in when this match was done. This crowd was all in on this match. They loved this match when it was done, but at the beginning, because the feud fucking stinks, they had no idea what to root for, no idea who to cheer for.
2: Well, that may have motivated Charlotte both in kayfabe and in reality. She She may have been a legitimate... Well, she was. She gave the crowd the finger. So she was legitimately insulted that they were shitting on her match and her feud and chanting for someone who wasn't there. And that may have motivated her to put in the performance that she did. And maybe that helped them Go into this extra gear that we're talking about, where they worked stiff as fuck. And the match looked dangerous and it looked real and you could buy in, you know? So again, I think this is a good thing. I mean, if if, if from a company perspective, great, Becky's still over. Yeah. Like tremendously over. But what it would also tell me, as someone who's a booker, or it would also tell me, okay, this feud is not over. Because if there was a strong babyface in this feud that's the name they'd be chanting the fans had to find their own person to get behind because they don't want to get behind either of these people and that is a massive hole in the storytelling where neither of these the fans don't find either of these women likable and why the fuck would they neither one of them are likable so they chanted for becky but yeah Maybe that lit a fire under Charlotte because she beat the living shit yes. out of Ripley in this match, and Ripley gave it back. But the thing is, Charlotte can beat. Sh- she's got that, you know, that carte blanche. She can beat up anyone she wants because she's fucking Charlotte. Yeah,
3: Rhea's got to be a little more careful about it, yeah. and 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 yeah, she can't go out there and give some stiff shots to Charlotte. But Charlotte was definitely giving some stiff shots to Rhea uh, yeah. uh, throughout this. But uh yeah, I mean, obviously, it's hard. Like six years ago when I get upset that Charlotte beat Rhea to win the title. Yeah, probably. But now who fucking cares? Cause she just... like, no, no,
2: title. no. Rhea Ripley. Like I said, forget it. Yeah. I mean, any, you know, they're not, Yeah, I don't care about just,
3: quickie title changes. I don't quick about, I don't care who wins what matches like that. We're, we're past that. We're, we're past analyzing that stuff. You
2: just, know, when I mean, we were past that when Charlotte beat her at WrestleMania in Tampa, Yeah, the first Tampa, the performance center to that, when we had that whole follow-up rant and I, that's it. They, that's it. They, they showed right there. They weren't interested. And, how can you be mad about anus? This? this is just their typical. This is what they do things. Yep. It's you know. It's so you can't get you can't get mad about it. But in a vacuum, I really enjoyed the match. Uh,
3: then we'll go to the men's Money in the Bank here. This is Big E winning the uh, briefcase. He defeated Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, Ricochet, Riddle, uh, and Seth Rollins. I thought this was pretty damn good. I mean, this is a. Right up there with, like, other Money in the Bank matches that I've seen in in, in history. I mean, I probably like some of the ones from, like, the mid-2000s a little bit more. Your WrestleMania ones, your kind of Shelton Benjamin showcase Money in the Banks a little bit more. But I thought this one hit all the notes perfectly. I think it, it, it did exactly what it needed to do. There was enough guys in this match that could do really cool stuff and really cool spots. And Kevin Owens getting, you know, taking huge bumps and going through ladders. John Morrison doing crazy flips. Uh, Ricochet doing crazy flips, Drew McIntyre being the power guy. You know, I, I think everybody kind of played their role perfectly, and I, I think as far as this gimmick goes, like there's a certain ceiling on what these types of gimmick matches and these types of ladder matches are going to be for me. But I think as far as what these matches are in in, in 2021, this is probably. Ah, uh, the best representation of one of them. I mean, I thought this was solid as hell, and I think Big E winning was was a great moment, a cool moment, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of unified everybody. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, that's awesome, Big E. That's perfect. That's great for him." So uh, hopefully, it's the beginning of a, of a huge push for him. But we'll we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm totally burnt out on these kinds of matches, but this one ruled. I thought it was really good. Um, and and a lot of these ladder matches lately, I come on here and give the same review to every one of them. Yeah. I don't. I'm burnt out on it. I don't know. I guess it was good. But this one I legitimately liked. Um, you know, I thought Ricochet was phenomenal. Um, everyone, everyone was good. I mean, you know, and, and the right guy won. Like you said, the right guy won. Um, do I have faith that they'll go all the way with Big E? Of course not. Um, I have no reason to have faith that they're how could ever going to. Yeah, how could you? Yeah. But the other thing is I, I don't have faith in Big E himself. And I want to expand on this a little. I don't like the things that come out of his mouth. Like, I I, I think he just – I don't think he gets it. I think he's convinced that he can get over being funny guy, and I don't think he can, not at that level. Um, I I don't like a media interview I read this week where he fought and resisted splitting up the New Day multiple times over the last few years, and I'm thinking to myself, why? They want it – like, I'm almost less sympathetic to – them not going all the way with him when they've been trying over the last two or three years and they have been fighting tooth and nail not to break up the act. You know what I mean? It's like that makes me less sympathetic to him because he just loves being in this New Day act. I know he's not in it at the moment and they, he finally did split. They finally did do the split. But every time you hear this guy talk, it's like he just. It, he had to get away from new day for any of this to happen you're never getting that push throwing pancakes around you're just not and this is a guy who i think is convinced that he that that he could and they had the they had to the fight him to convince him to to break up from that from that act and um that concerns me how does he not even just Professional pride. How do you not think that you can be a breakout star? We all agree he can be, but, um, like like you would think you'd be dying to eventually. Okay, that act got me over to a certain level. Now I want to go on my own and become a big star.
3: But he didn't want to do that. Right. Like, I, I feel like every wrestler should really want that, even if they can't. You know. You know what I mean. Like at a certain point, they can't, it's obviously not good. You know, to say it right away and to say, "Oh yeah, no, I want to be a singles guy. I want to be that." But there's no like. The New Day has been around for, what, a decade? I mean, we're getting pretty close to a
2: decade like, at this years, point.
3: Like, yeah. this, this You time. know what I mean? Like, no, do you want to say, hey, I can't wait to kind of see what I can do on my own, like, in year one of the team? No, but, like, eight years later, you should probably be more happy to be away from those guys and see this is
2: just th- All I'm saying is this is the second media interview I've heard from him where I really just, like, rolled my eyes. The first one is where he said, I don't agree that I have to become serious to become a star. I totally disagree. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. He even made, he even specifically said, I think I can continue rolling down the ramp and be, and be just, and it's like, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. That, that is the total antithesis of what people, you you
3: can try that, but I'm going to tell you, it's probably not going to work as well as if you didn't roll down the ramp and throw pancakes.
2: So that interview annoyed me. And now this one, I saw where it was revealed that he fought tooth and nail, not to be split up from, from new day. And it's like, what is wrong with this guy? like, He seems he's like a very intelligent man who gets it in every other way except for this thing where he just thinks throwing pancakes is the key to success. And maybe the the alternate view on this is maybe he is smart enough to know that they're never going to go all the way with him and being in that act will keep him. Around, right.
3: Man, he's, he's fine with his lot in life and just yes. says, keep me here. Let me keep doing this thing. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, it's possible.
2: Because New Day, cause that's the other side of it. Maybe he's like, well, fuck it. They're, I know they're never pushing me like a real true legitimate superstar push. So this New Day thing, we can keep this over forever. So maybe that's kind of his train of thought because he is just as distrustful of them as we are. So Maybe that is his angle. I would like to think and give him the benefit of the doubt and say that it is. this.
3: Uh, and then we'll go to our main event here. Uh, Roman Reigns defeating Edge. 33 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, he retains his universal title. Uh, this is the match that I alluded to a little bit earlier where I have seen some people say, what a masterpiece, match of the year contender. What a great performance. Joe, I thought this was boring as fuck. I hated this match hated it.
2: Yeah, I can't say I hated God, it. I was
3: falling asleep. If I'm falling asleep during a match, I don't know.
2: I think that it was extremely boring and a nothing happened in match.
3: <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was just boring and nothing happened.
2: Until <laughs> <laughs> right. but Stephen A. But Smith, yeah. Until the shenanigans started because then at least at that point, while I thought it was an overbooked mess, I did think it was exciting. And they had the crowd on their feet. The The whole building was into it. And they had people on the edge of their seat. No pun intended. And it was exciting. Especially for a match where coming in, I gave Edge 0% chance of winning. It was still, and they still managed to make it exciting down the stretch. And have some exciting near falls and things like that. So, no. Look, did I like the match? No, I didn't. Do I think it was a good match? No, I don't. I think it was a match that was about to be a total bomb and then once it got into Shenanigans overbooked territory, they kind of saved it to some extent because it was exciting and fun from that point forward for like the last eight minutes or whatever it was. Does that make any sense? No, no, no.
3: And and I would agree as well. It's just the problem is for me, it was just very difficult to get to those points. I I, I very quickly was like, all right, guys, I get it. Let's go home and we're doing side headlocks and just generic, just lengthening a match just to lengthen a match. And the crowd themselves are getting and they had this crowd on the palm there. I mean, they they you could have s- listen, Edge came and it, out and they, they went nuts for him. Reigns came out. They booed him like crazy and the crowd was way into it. They got him out of it. They got him out of it, and then they got him back into it. So it's like one of those classic, you know, this is what a worker would tell you is, hey, you know, you got to slow him down to get him back right. up again. And I can't argue with that because when it was over, the crowd was fucking molten for the final few minutes. Like you said, I just can't excuse, you know, 20 minutes of me looking at my phone and going, God damn, this thing's still going. On. I can't believe it.
2: You could have done this match in two thirds of the time. I think mean, that's fair to say. Right, this didn't have to be thirty-three yeah. minutes.
3: Oh, we're, we're starting to see the style now of of Edge right now, and that's it's. it's it, I get it. I understand. This guy can't go in the in the in the fast-paced kind of boom, boom, boom main event style. So you're slowing things down. You're doing epics. You're doing that sort of stuff. I just don't think he's particularly good or interesting in that type of match. And I don't know if Reigns is really that good or interesting in that type of match either. Especially if he's on offense. We've seen Reigns do great at selling for for a long amount of time. I don't know if Reigns' control periods for, for 15 minutes are good. I don't know if Edge selling for 15 minutes is very good. And I don't know if the flip side is, is, is all that good with these two guys either, to be honest. Well, Reigns'
2: current, current gimmick and his current working style is not an exciting one. He's methodical. Yeah. and So that doesn't lend itself to excitement. And Edge, kind of as you alluded to, he fancies himself as like this. He's just up his own ass. He just He wants to go out there and have these super long, incredible storytelling epics every time he gets out there and they, they almost always land flat. I mean, the WrestleMania match was a good little match the three way. Um, in fact, let me pull up, by the way, the match itself, I saw some people calling this a match of the year contender and this and that, uh, the consensus doesn't quite agree. Grapple 3.38. That's probably fair. And, uh, cage match as we, uh, Do this show live seven point two zero. So again, like a three point six or something.
3: Yeah, okay, and that's fine. Like I have no issue with that. I'm probably a little bit lower, but I, I, I I wouldn't argue with you if you went three and a half or whatever, three. You know, that's fine. I get that.
2: But as we've discussed at the top of the show and what we wanted to talk about, if you were a WWE hardcore, they loved this fucking match. Uh, I had put out a tweet the next day saying, "All right, Edge has been back for a little bit now. Let's grade his return." I wasn't trying to poke any bears, wasn't trolling. It was just a straight up grade edges return. Right. It's it's a classic. I haven't been crazy about it. For
3: for people right? that like people that don't know what an experience is like with our account is what was it two weeks ago? You posted a what was it a video of Otis? Right. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was just it was just a video of Otis. Yeah. Nothing. You didn't say anything. No, no, no.
2: It was it was Otis. It was a video of. Um, oh, Boogs,
3: right? Yeah. Rick Boogs. It was
2: Rick Boogs playing. It was. Okay. It was <laughs> right. Shinsuke Nakamura giving Baron Corbin a suplex on the floor and then air guitaring with Boogs. <laughs>
3: yes, right, right, right.
2: Presented so, with no comment. No
3: comment whatsoever. And half the comments were. You're right, Joe. This fucking sucks. And the other comments were, you know, you fucking idiots. Like, you think this is good? Like, it was just like, why do you hate WWE? Like, why do you? It, it was just like. And
2: the other half was, wow, that's such a cool spot. And the right. other half was, you, oh, you fucking hate everything. I presented <laughs> right. it with no comment. Nothing. It was great. Like, yeah, I the comments no were
3: like, all right, guys, we get it. You hate WWE. All right. Stop
2: watching. <laughs> like, yeah. And there were no, I didn't put any words in the didn't tweet. say anything. I actually thought it was amusing. Like I chuckled at the spot. He slides out of the ring and and flexes him, and then pops up into an air guitar. I'm like, this is kind of funny. I'm gonna clip this and put yeah. it on the Twitter account. But that's the put. Like people just make up their own.
3: Right. So you putting a poll player. saying what do you think of Edge's return, elicited the following responses. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, it's like people. Um, and and no, I to be fair, I did my my. I responded to my own tweet and gave my opinion. The first tweet was just, give me your opinion. Great is return. Then I gave my opinion, which was, eh, I don't think he's been so good. Right? But, yeah, just what I learned was the hardcore WWE fan has loved the Edge return. Like, you can't... These people are convinced that I was just trying to troll. They can't even fathom any critique for what this man has done since he's returned. To them, it's been perfection, and it's it's, it's untenable that to even consider that this man hasn't been good. All the replies are there. People can go read them, but I'll ask you. He's had nine matches since he's come back. Two of them were Royal Rumbles. We'll throw those out. Last man standing versus, Ed, versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania in the Performance Center. Awful match. I mean, just an egregiously – can we agree on that? Just a terrible – egregiously long, awful match that in most places got awful reviews. Yeah, uh, terrible. Reception. I think the only person who liked that match was Ryan Satin is like the only person who liked that match and that guy likes everything. So uh, I'm looking at Edge, Randy Orton, Last Man Standing on Cage Match 4.27 which is equivalent to like <laughs> 2.1 or something. Okay. Then they wrestled again at Backlash. This was Rich, the greatest match ever. Um, if people like, this is 44 minutes heavily produced. If people liked it, I get it. But we gave the reasons we didn't like it. To me, this is subverting the art. This wasn't a real match. This was no different than a uh, cinematic match to me. So I throw it out.
3: Yeah, I, I think you and I, even on the, on that day, you know, said, "Hey, we're not going to really give ratings or give this review because yeah. how could you? It's like us reviewing, you know, <laughs> a mo- you know. I I don't really want. It's it just yeah, like you said, it subverts the the art of, of of what wrestling is. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to rate." Something that I don't know what got. I don't know if this took eight hours to film. I don't know if this was in one shot. I don't know if this took in six days. Like, I don't know who was all involved. Like, yeah, it, yeah. So I, I throw that one out too. I'm with you.
2: Yeah, like music, bed yeah, music. I don't know. Fucking fake sounds behind it. I couldn't get into it. Um, Monday Night Raw against Orton. Friday Night SmackDown against Jay Uso. I don't think you saw those. Correct me if I'm wrong.
3: Did not um, see either of those. Yeah, I can't say I saw either of those. I could tell you they were
2: just. WWE TV matches. There was nothing special about them. WrestleMania three way. I liked that match. Who liked it more, me or you? I can't remember.
3: Um, I think you liked it more than I did.
2: Yeah, I think so too.
3: If I remember correctly, I think you liked it more than um, I
2: did. So you're actually going to be lower on his run than me. And I don't even think it's that great. SmackDown: Roman Reigns and the Usos versus uh, Dominic, quote unquote Edge and Rey Mysterio. This was last Friday with the crowd back. Um. It was a good little TV match. Hot open, a crowd was into it. Opened up the show. Um, you know, not notebook material or anything, but a really good TV match. And then the match that we just talked about that has been his return. Hmm. So I ask you, Rich Cragge, great Edge's return? Hmm.
3: C minus, I would say.
2: Yeah, and see, people would think that you were like trying to rile them up by no,
3: saying, "No, no, I just, yeah, I just don't like the Rumble stuff has been great. The pot, i will say this: when Edge comes out. It's a big deal. When Edge wins a Royal Rumble, it's a big deal. Pretty much everything else in between there, I I, I have no real interest in.
2: Yeah, it, it's... I
3: don't like the promos. Don't like the matches. Don't like the
2: character. What it taught me more than anything else is, once again, everyone should delete Twitter and throw their phones into the sea. Because you're just talking past each other. Like You think you're having the same conversation, but you're... You're talking about the same subject and having two completely different conversations a lot of the time, because I don't even think a lot of these hardcore WWE fans are wrong for enjoying Edge's return. They're viewing it through a completely different lens than you or I are. We're just different kind of fans looking for different things. They see a guy getting great reactions, and um, these people may not necessarily be into match quality in the same ways that we are. They just want their Uh, their cool entrances, the big personalities, the key spots, um, the WWE-style storytelling, and they're happy. And from that perspective, I mean, I guess I could see where you'd be happy with Edge's return. He comes across as a big deal. They push him as a big deal, right? Whereas, you know, fans like me or you, or most of the people listening to us right now, or most of the people who follow us on Twitter or, or go to our website, we just view wrestling through a lens completely different than that pocket of fans does. And then when these two people come together and try to debate something, <laughs> yeah. you're talking right past each other. You know what I mean? You're having two different conversations, and you think you're having the same conversation, but you're not. You know? And then, you know, they're getting nasty with me, and they, and, and they think that, you know, I'm trying to push their buttons, but I'm not. You know, Edge's returns for me, has been very mediocre. I really like the WrestleMania match. That's about it. A couple nice little TV matches. And I get it if you like the greatest match ever thing. I understand if people like that. We talked about it at the time. It just wasn't for me. Now, look, he's gotten good pops, but also look at it from this. Okay, he got the big pop at the Royal Rumble when he was a surprise. Of course, he's going to get a huge pop there. He gets the huge pop on SmackDown. When the fans return, of course, that was designed to get everybody a huge pop. I don't know if you watched that show, but the way they brought everybody out one by one, they wanted the crowd to pop big. And, you know, he got the big pop and then he gets the big pop on this pay-per-view, the first pay-per-view back with fans. So I'm not trying to take away from his pops either. But then again, he's kind of set up for huge pops. It would kind of be a problem if he didn't get huge pops in all of these scenarios. We know that he hasn't moved ratings. We know that to the point they had to add someone to his WrestleMania match. The numbers are there. We know he has not been a ratings draw. The company concedes he hasn't been a ratings draw. But he does get reactions in front of the fans. You can't take that away from him. But there's a lot of people who are, who historically have been over with fans, but not over in the sense of drawing money. And that's why a lot of old-timers in wrestling will tell you, being over has nothing to do with crowd pops. Being over means, do you draw money? That's the old school definition yep. of being mm-hmm. over. There's now, you know, now we use that term to describe anyone that gets a pop. Oh, he's, oh, and that's okay. Definitions of things shift and change. But the old school definition of being over had nothing to do with crowd pops. It was drawing money. And that was always the counter argument to woo 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 guy. Oh, he's getting these reactions in the crowd, but ah, he's not really drunk, which we'll never know because they cut his legs off. But I don't know at Edge. He's over in the buildings, but we know he's not a ratings mover. We know that. That's a fact. And to me, the matches haven't really delivered. But again, there could be someone listening to this who thinks I'm deranged when I say these things because they look at pro wrestling and approach it from a different way. And that, what I thought was going to be a harmless tweet asking people their opinions of his run so far really opened my eyes to that. Mm -hmm.
3: All right. So let's talk about the big news of the uh, post-match here. So obviously Roman Reigns gets the win. Um, He's in the ring for a little bit longer. You're thinking, ah, this is kind of strange. And then the familiar music hits, which, you know, if, if you were following, you knew that this was coming at some point pretty soon. Uh, But the noise of John Cena's theme music hits. He comes out. I think this, uh, you could pretty much tell that this was a monster pop of all monster pops. I think I tweeted out that uh, people think that when like seven people in the crowd make noise, that that's a pop these days. Uh, what happened with Cena here, that's a pop. When people are jumping up and down. When people in the crowd are literally jumping up and down and throwing babies in the air or whatever like they were doing for John Cena. That's what a pop is, and that's what happened here. He comes out. You can't see me to Roman Reigns. And uh, we uh, presumably have our match for uh, SummerSlam.
2: Now, this is being over and being over. Yes. This. Yeah. That's,
3: that's over. <laughs> that is what being a star and being over is.
2: Yeah. But um, but yeah, so uh, Cena's back, and he will face Roman Reigns, and Reigns will presumably beat him too. And then they'll set up whatever they're going to set up with either The Rock or Brock Lesnar, but probably The Rock. I really think The Rock wants to be there for Dallas and break all kinds of records or whatever. So um, yeah. And you combine that with, uh, with the Goldberg thing with Lashley and it really, it's just, you know, how many times can we have the same conversations about they don't build anybody up and it's star from the past to the rescue. And it's just an endless cycle. Um, Is it exciting? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, Is it, you know is it healthy is it a healthy way to run your to book your company and and, and no
3: i would say no <laughs> it is not yeah
2: but i mean you know it, I don't know. I feel like we've had these conversations a million times. This and is they what never they are changed. now.
3: This is what they are now. Yeah. Like, there's no point. Because like, I see a lot of people going like, this is, they can't keep doing this. And it's like, they're going to keep trying to do it. And, and we mentioned it with Edge a year uh, or two ago. And I, I, I mentioned on that show when they were talking about, when Edge was coming back and all this sort of stuff. I was saying, we're now, we're going back to people that weren't even that big of a deal when they were around. And they're coming right. back as big time stars or whatever. Now, this was, you know, John Cena, who who is a big time star, but he's here for a month. He's literally leaving the next day to go film something, you know, in Europe or whatever for another movie. So he's here and it, for a month. And
2: then and then it makes it that much harder for people to take your biggies seriously. Yeah, right, right. Because and, you keep telling them that these are the real
3: stuff. Right. And then you got Goldberg who who they've dusted off many, many times, and that's eventually going to run out as well. And then when he runs out, you got Edge, as we said, and eventually in a few years, Orton's going to be one of those guys that he's going to go away, and then they'll bring Orton back, and they'll be like, "Hey, it's Randy Orton." It's like, okay, he's the guy who was around forever and didn't matter when he was around, you know? Like that, it'll be those kind of guys, and then those kind of guys will have their little runs for a while, and yeah, it's just this is what they do now. They don't know how to organically create new stars, and they come back, and the old guys come back, and they're the they're actually stars. And people go nuts for them, and then it makes all your other guys look like, you know. I think Brian and Dave, I think said it on the uh, Wrestling Observer: worker bees. The rest of the guys are just worker bees, yeah, doing all the work until the king or the queen are ready to come back, and then they, you know they come back and you know they get well, all the they um, they do all the big they do the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumbles, and the SummerSlams, and they go away, and then hey, Extreme Rules, that's your guys. <laughs> Have fun, you know.
2: well, let's talk about a lot of the things that went down on this Raw. So Keith Lee, he hasn't been around for seven, eight months. And, you know, the initial main roster push didn't exactly go well. I wouldn't say that it went well. Um, but he's been gone forever. And this is like a reset. And, and people don't remember anything anyway. They're, the fans that follow this company generally don't remember anything anyway. They're taught not to remember things. So this is a chance to press the reset button. And maybe build him up a little bit. And what do they do? They bring him out as a surprise. And they feed him to Lashley immediately. And in a span of 12 minutes. We have burned through his return. His first match. And his first devastating loss. And you're immediately telling the fans. He's the same guy he was when he left. Just a guy in the middle of the card. Who is not to be taken seriously. And. Rich, I don't know where you stand on this. It's not so much that I think they're, you know, they're burying Keith Lee or killing Keith Lee. I'm okay if you don't think Keith Lee can be a top guy. Like, I have no problem with that. I'm not convinced he can be a top guy. What I don't understand, okay, is they could have fed anyone to Mm -hmm. Lashley in that spot. They have 200 wrestlers under contract. They could have fed anyone to Lashley because the objective of that match was for Lashley to have a dominating win and to say that no one can beat me. I've gone through everyone. Who's next? And set up Goldberg coming out to that line. Why use the guy who's been gone for eight months, who you have a chance to reset in that spot? Why not put any old fucking prelim wrestler in that spot? Pick a name. Okay? And then debut Keith Lee as a surprise somewhere else on your three-hour and 15-minute show and have him win eight or nine matches in a row so that after Lashley's done with Goldberg, you have an opponent set up for, Keith, for, for Bobby Lashley, a guy who's been heated up and has a bunch of wins and has some momentum, and hopefully the fans are getting behind him, which, believe me, if you just win matches, that's probably going to happen. And now you have yourself a potentially hot match for the next pay-per-view. Or your next uh, time you want to pop a rating on Raw, you've got Keith Lee beating everybody left and right and he could be the guy to step up to Bobby Lashley and then you can have Lashley beat him. I don't care that Lashley beat him. Right, That's right, right. I if you think Bobby if you want to go with Bobby Lashley instead of Keith Lee, I don't give a shit. I I might even agree. In fact, I do yeah, agree. I would I
3: say I would agree.
2: Why in this way?
3: Yeah, it's it's you know, both, and, and this combines with cross too. We're talking about Lee right now. We'll get we'll get to cross in a bit, but I think both of these ones are just absolutely inexcusable. In you cannot you cannot defend it. In, indefensible ways indefensible. to use guys because you don't have. If you think Keith Lee fucking stinks, then he doesn't have to be on this show. You don't have to use him. You yeah, know what I what mean? Happened,
2: what happened with maximizing? your assets right right even if you don't think he could be a top guy why not maximize the assets? Well, because
3: there's a few scenarios like you played out so you think Keith Lee fucking stinks and is garbage okay but then just don't use him keep him on ice like you had him on ice and then just fire him
2: okay or, or, or cut him yeah, yeah just get rid of okay,
3: him okay so that that's the one i think he sucks and i have no use for him we're just gonna cut him it's fine okay yeah. uh we're trying to redebut him and get something out of him okay okay great <laughs> but like okay then we- why you know we're re him and he's gonna lose to lashley what what good does that do him that does him no good it does lashley no good it's not even a good win for lashley because it's a dork that you know to, to fans he's a dork that hasn't been around in a while and now he's still a dork and lashley it doesn't even help lashley it's a, it's a zero no. sum it helped nobody
2: it he, he could have been anyone in the spot right. not this guy it, yeah right.
3: yeah so there's that or or like you said yeah if, if you truly think okay We think there's we can do something with this guy. We don't think he's like a long term guy, but we can do something with this guy. Then the absolute scenario is like you said, and this is how every wrestling company with any brain over the last 50 to 70, however many years (laughs) would say, debut this guy wins a bunch of matches, feed him to Lashley. What that tells you is a Keith Lee gets a little bit of momentum. Okay, he won a bunch of matches. He's better than these five, 10 guys or whatever, but he's not as good as the WWE champion. That's fine. Totally understandable, and then it also helps Bobby Lashley to go. Okay, hey, this guy who was out there beating a bunch of dudes, eh, he can't beat Bobby Lashley. But hey, that proves that you know Bobby Lashley is just that much better than everybody else on this roster. That works. That works for all scenarios. And it's just yeah, what they did here is just indefensible, inexcusable. It's bullshit. It's just they do shit to do shit, and it's it's yep. it just makes no sense. And and it just ah, it, it.
2: You know what they'll do, and you know what you know what they'll do. Like in two months after Lashley's done with Goldberg. They'll you know they'll they'll try to push Keith Lee again as a challenger and no one will take him seriously and they'll blame Keith Lee. That's how it's been in this company for 15 years. Right. They'll blame Keith Lee when he doesn't get over as a challenger or fans aren't responding to him when you're the reason that the fans don't believe in him. Because you treated you didn't book him well to begin with, and then when you brought him back, you told everybody he was a dork again. Right. And and this so, is like
3: a weird thing too, where people think that there's like osmosis by, you know, where being in the ring and we had that with Cedric Alexander and Adia Styles famously, where you yes. know you got the Ryan Satins of the world going, No, this is gonna make Cedric Alexander get over and it's like, No, yeah. you don't
2: just still waiting. He's
3: still waiting on that. Like you don't just get remember, over. Remember
2: he was the, g- the janitor with the mask on? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Cedric yeah, yeah.
3: He took the mask off and he's like, Ha, ah, I'm Cedric Alexander and it's like,
2: Okay. Right. Cool. Yeah, you just lost. <laughs> right oh, Ha-ha, I, pu- I put one out for yeah. you
3: you beat me cedric alexander not the janitor it's like, okay
2: right cool but like well, now, maybe you should be a janitor right you can't right, right right yeah. but like you
3: know that that you know people think and that might be what i don't know internally i have no idea what internally they think anymore about these sort of things but internally do they think uh oh, hey keith lee you know losing the lash that's gonna really get him over eventually when we want to tell i mean the the, the build them up to you know or break them down to build them up thing like that doesn't work it never, so
2: counterproductive. Yeah. It never it
3: just works doesn't work ever. So, so just i don't know try the bobby lashley thing where you win a bunch of matches you know i, I just try that maybe for one guy i don't know but whatever
2: happened to just pushing someone i don't
3: know i, mean, I, I don't know I, I, I don't know i don't know it doesn't uh, they got it with yeah. lashley that's the thing that's the thing if they didn't do it with anybody it would be easy to say but for a year they did it perfectly with drew mcintyre and for a year and a half now they've done it perfect with bobby lashley they get it they understand it but they just they, i don't know I
2: don't know. And I really don't want to go down this road because the people listening know for the most part. But this is why it's such a crock of shit when people say that we just automatically shit on everything they do. It's not our fault that almost everything they, <laughs> they do is we garbage. Shit. Yeah, right. We just, we, the Lashley thing, we're behind it. We've been, we praised it before. We're praising it now. We've praised it all the way through. But it's so rare that they ever get anything right. That's not on us as reviewers, that's not on us as critics. That's on them because that's what they're giving us to critique. It sucks. That's on them, not me. Don't blame me because I think it's shit. It's shit because it's shit. um But yeah, it's totally indefensible. As is the cross thing, yeah. which is even more mind-boggling. The,
3: the cross thing, the cross. Oh my god! And I
2: don't even like cross. I, don't, I
3: hate. I think cross is a dork. I think the characters. How many, times have, how many yeah. times
2: have we come on here and said this is not for us? But it's over. How many times have we yeah. come on here and said it? And it's like. You take away Scarlet. Okay. I thought it was corny. I thought she was cringe. Obviously, Vince McMahon agreed. And they take Scar- but you take Scarlet away from him. And it's like taking Zelina Vega away from Andrade. It's like you're you're working against yourself here. Because that shit got over at least with your core audience, at least with the NXT audience. Right? Nothing else about this guy is what got him over. It's not his fucking work. It's not his charisma. It's none of those things. It was that fucking stupid entrance. So you put him behind the eight ball immediately when you take that away from him. Then he debuts, and you have him lose to a guy who's basically a jabroni at this point. It was in 2008. Someone pointed this out. He lost to Veer on main event six days earlier. Okay. This isn't vintage Jeff well, Hardy. The, the part here.
3: that you're the part that you're leaving out, which is arguably to me the most important part, is that Cross is undefeated at NXT. 18 months. Yes. We had Jared J who, who just pointed out 18 months. I'm glad he he put the 18 months. I was just gonna say undefeated at NXT. 18 months undefeated, beat everybody. Literally, they had a four-way match, and he stacked every other main eventer in NXT up and pinned them all at the same time. Yeah. Type thing. Just destroyed. Johnny Gargano,
2: Adam Cole. It was six Kyle guys. O'Reilly.
3: It was six guys, right? Pete Dunn,
2: right? And Pete Dunn. Yeah. yeah five, five, or five, guys, five guys. Five yeah. guys. Yeah. Four other main eventers. <laughs> he stacked them up. They, and, he beat them all. Yeah. The match
3: and the match structure was they all tried, but they couldn't. They couldn't even. They, when he got out of the ring, they could actually have a competitive match. When he got in the ring, he beat everyone's ass. He's that much ahead of all those guys.
2: Yes. Correct. That was the match structure. Right. When he was in there, he just threw guys around. Right.
3: So he's undefeated for 18 months. He's way above all these other dudes. He's an undefeated champion. He goes and he loses to Jeff Hardy.
2: On <laughs> a schoolboy. Schoolboy. Yeah. After well, you take line? out
3: Scarlet and take out the, all the fun entrance stuff, he's just a bald dude who's not even that big. You know what I mean? Like he's big, but he's not that big.
2: He's not main roster
3: big, right? And he comes out without Scarlet, loses. I mean, just I mean, just indefensible. There's no way anybody on this earth except for Peter fucking Rosenberg could defend this thing. Just absolutely any any form of storytelling, book, TV show, movie, pro wrestling, anything. Indefensible. Indefensible. But yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's because what, how does this, how does this help him? Tell
3: me how this, tell me the path forward after this.
2: Well, the path, Well, here's what people will say. They'll say, well, this gives him a story right out of the (laughs) gate and he'll, and he'll, and he'll win the feud with Jeff Hardy. And you know what? That might all happen, but that, again, it's counterproductive. This doesn't help him. What will help him is having that match with Jeff Hardy and beating Jeff Hardy in like 27 seconds. That helps him. Getting in a feud with a guy who just lost to Veer on main event doesn't help you even if you win the feud. Never mind that they already stripped you of all the things that got you over to begin with. So, again, this is intentional. This is what you just said. Tear them down to prove I can build them back up. It doesn't make sense. It's flat out stupid. It would be if AEW, every time they brought a new guy in, they fucking um, used him as a jobber for four months just so Tony Khan can prove that he could build the guy back up and turn him into a Right, right.
3: And and worse yet, though, (laughs) what I think they would do, and, and this is where I think the cross thing is even more egregious, is on Dark, you have Wrestler X, whoever Wrestler X is. Yeah. WrestleX joins the company. He wins twenty straight matches on Dark. Yeah, you know they they build him up as oh my god, this guy's incredible. This guy's awesome. He comes to the main. He comes to AEW Dynamite, and they they change his entrance music, change his look, change his gear, and they just loses immediately to you know Ty Dillinger or whatever. It's just like yeah. okay, yeah. it's just the cohesion in this. I mean, this is and I saw people. I, I think Sean Ross Sapp even said this like.
2: Ty Dillinger, funny.
3: I'm just, oh, right. <laughs> Sean Spears. Right. Ty Dillinger. I'm like, Ty
2: Dillinger. Anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Sean Spears. That's um, kind of the point, though. Yeah, like, right, are right, right. And you just be, get beat by some fucking, yeah, by some bottom. Which, right? which Jeff
3: Hardy yeah. is these days. Don't, don't get a right, twist. exactly.
2: There. This is this Jeff is 2008. Hardy. 2008. Right.
3: Yeah. But, you know, it, it's just, and, and I think, I, again, again I, 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 I'm paraphrasing here, but I think Sean Ross Sapp said this, or somebody else said this, like, think of, like, what internally has to be going on there in that company. Yeah, Like, there is no way to not see this as some struggle between WWE and NXT, some struggle between Vince and Triple H, some struggle between, it's gotta be, right? Like, there's gotta be something going on. It has to be. There's no way that you can buy that they're in cohesion, and Triple H, you know, he, Vince says, oh, who you, who you got for me? And he goes, oh, we got Karrion Cross and yada, 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 and Vince goes, all right, we're gonna have him lose in, you know, 90 seconds, Triple H goes, yeah, so, yeah perfect, sounds great, man.
2: Exactly. Well, he went, well, Vince went down there to visit yeah. and scout. Right. So he picked people out. What about the theory? I've seen this theory that Vince is annoyed that Tony Khan kicked Triple H's ass. Yeah. And the lesson here is, well, these guys are obviously jabrons that can't beat the fucking brand new company. So I'm going to treat them like the jabrons they are and <laughs> send the <a> message.
3: <laughs> that seems kind like, of productive, but I'm not. a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire.
2: So much of of Vince's career has been counterproductive. I mean, we've seen him do this. How many times, you know, over the years, and you go back a couple decades where he'd bring a guy in and just give him a bad gimmick on purpose. Dusty Rhodes, yeah, famous. Give Dusty Rhodes a bad gimmick on purpose and make him overcome it, which he did (laughs)
3: because he's Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, (laughs) because
2: he's Dusty Rhodes. Instead of just making money with Dusty Rhodes. (laughs) <laughs> right. It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, give Terry Taylor the world's worst gimmick <laughs> and make him overcome it, which he didn't. You know what I mean? It's like and, and so many other examples. It's just spiteful and vindictive. And they tried everything to ensure that Dusty Rhodes wouldn't get over from the polka dots to the to the dancing to giving him sapphire. The whole idea behind Sapphire, and I don't know if people know this, the idea behind Sapphire was that she was an old, middle-aged, unattractive, overweight woman, and you were supposed to think that Dusty was fucking her, and you were supposed to laugh at that. Again, counterproductive.
3: Right, Matthew Allen brings up Rocco with the uh, Legion of Doom, another classic.
2: You know, well, that I just think they think was a good idea. They're, they're, <laughs> Do you? Crazy. No. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Impossible. Like, <laughs> Impossible. How could they think that was a good idea?
2: But they did everything to Dusty, and he still overcame no, it.
3: He was still the biggest star for the two years that he was there. One of the biggest stars in the company for the two years.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, he didn't get all the way to the top, but he got over. He managed to get over anyway. Even with the embarrassing valet, the embarrassing ring gear, the embarrassing presentation. All of those things, but these are examples over the years. It's it's uh, you know uh, the invasion is is obviously the biggest example of money left on the table where they burn through two years worth of storylines in an hour, and you know because Kevin Dunn, who I think gets a lot of flack he doesn't deserve, Kevin Dunn has sort of become the lightning rod of every complaint. But this one is on him because it was Kevin Dunn who convinced Vince, you can't let them ever beat our guys. So we have to. So the decision was made instead of having a back and forth feud, which would have made a lot of money. The decision was made to put Stone Cold Steve Austin with them, and right, put, yeah,
3: let let's have, let our guys go on their side because it's more believable that 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 our guys yes. yeah, that our be guys. the real
2: stars of their side. Right. The, Steph and Shane and Stone Cold will be the stars, and they'll just be the 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 pin eaters, the background players. Because we can't let them ever beat up. But they aren't them anymore. They're you. You bought them. You own them. Like that, that is – like it, it, it's counter – again, it's the same kind of counterproductive attitude and it doesn't make sense. But in, in some cases, I think that Vince just doesn't care and he gets off on fucking with people. Which could be what's happening. Now. He could be fucking with Triple
3: H. Yeah, there, and there's there's a lot of evidence too. Because I mean, the, the Shotzi uh, Tegan Knox thing is another great example of that. Tegan Knox just re debuts. They spend how long were they doing the stupid battery thing for Tegan Knox? Like four weeks, maybe five weeks. I forget how long it was. I mean, she was, and then the battery goes to zero or goes to hundred or whatever. And there's Tegan Knox. She comes out, yeah. she debuts, and now like four days later, she's on SmackDown teaming with Shotzi right. Blackheart, who she's never interacted with on any level whatsoever. It's, right. it, it's just, it 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 reeks of, like you said, Vince got down there and said, all right, these people I like, bring them up, and then immediately just, you know, well, I don't care, I don't give a shit what they did there, I don't care. They're my they're my babies now, they're my things now, and I'm just going to do whatever I want with them.
2: No synergy. No
3: synergy, yeah, and it's just...
2: No, it, they're the, you don't get the sense they're working together. Oh. No um it's, it's not it's a lot it it's,
3: there's there's smoke yeah. to that fire man I, I i can't i can't honestly believe that everybody in that room is saying ah good 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 exactly you know
2: this is how it should work vince should be watching that show every week with a fucking notebook in his hand and then reporting back to triple h i like so and so heat him up get him ready right here's Do the story
3: i have in mind for x and then yes. triple h should say okay cool Get the NXT guys together and go, okay, Vince wants X to start doing this, and then you start doing it. You, you know, right. that's the way it should go.
2: Yeah. And then, and we have to have them ready by X date because they're coming up on this date. So we have seven weeks to turn so and so because Vince likes him as a heel, heat him up as a heel, get him over, um, figure out a way to write him out without embarrassing them because they're getting pushed when they get caught. All of those things. That should be the plan every time. Or if Vince doesn't want to do it himself, he should have people doing that for him, people he trusts, whether it's Pritchard or Michael Hayes, whoever. But there's no synergy at all, and, it, and, and you really get the sense with these weird decisions that they, he's almost, they're working against each other. It's so fucking weird.
3: Right. Before there, there seemed to be like ignorance towards it. Like they didn't like, there were times where they worked a little bit together. There were times where there was a little bit of like kind of ignorance from one side, but now it feels like actively like against, like they're totally pulling in different directions now. And it seems almost too blatant that it's, I don't know. It is.
2: And on the other side of the coin, he should be watching the show every week and saying, you know what? When, with this person, I can't ever see calling them up. Maybe we should start writing them out and part ways. And then you wouldn't have people in NXT for nine years working 42 takeovers. It should, you know, it should work both ways. The purpose of NXT should be the triple A that it was designed to be, but it's not. It ceased being that a long time ago. And now it's just, you know, and it fucks with NXT too when you just decide on a whim, okay, we're calling up Shotzi and Knox and putting them together. Well, it goes against what. The people who watch NXT saw all along because, like you said, they were never paired together. Shotzi's partner was Ember Moon, and it, whatever plans you had for them immediately get fucking lit up and fucking set on fire because vince decides on a whim that he wants none of this should work like
3: no this. it's so weird yeah it's akin to like yeah triple a team's got a pitcher and then you know they just say ah we want him in center field it's like, What? Man, there's
2: no plan we've been
3: spending the five years developing as a pitcher and then like the major league team says now nah, we want him as a p- uh, center fielder It's
2: like, well, yeah why'd it's you, like, tell why us that? you tell us that <laughs> 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 we could have yeah, made we him We've been, fielder.
3: Yeah. Yeah. been pitching seems- for five years <laughs> ah yeah no we want him in center field though it's like well
2: <laughs> yeah
3: totally we could tell us that we could do that and that, and that's how it should work it should work where yeah like you said there should be some inter- and it seems like it, there's just a wall or like you said it's actively derog- uh, you know uh, it's actively working against i don't know what it i it's very strange right now though it what is- are the
2: odds that when vince went down there he saw all of those people for the first time in his life
3: uh very high very very high
2: pretty high right yeah i mean there's a, there's a strong possibility particularly since we're, we were in the pandemic because allegedly he used to go to the takeovers because he was in town anyway right pay- right 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 the ones that were linked to the pay-per-views he'd be there or whatever i think there's a good chance he never saw cross who never worked in front of a fan i don't think he ever saw cross until he went down there yeah oh no there's for a sure
3: because i think he knew the guys like three, four, five years ago like you're saying like i, I said the synergy wasn't there in terms of like the stories are, are, are quite the same in the characters, but like the guys themselves weren't, you know, totally off base when they, w- they would come through. And yeah, that's probably from Vince watching Takeover Dallas or whatever and, and and slapping Triple H on the back and going, Oh, you've built yourself a brand here, kid, or whatever, you know, whatever that the famous quote that I think it was, it was Takeover Dallas, right? That he said that, or
2: uh, I think one so, of those takeovers,
3: yeah. yeah, where he slapped him on the back and said, You've created yourself a brand here, you know, and, and like, you know, those I'll buy. Those, yeah, he knew who. He knew who Kevin Owens was. He knew who Sami Zayn was. He knew who Neville was. You know, you he get any
2: clue who Keegan Knox was no, when I went down there? Zero clue. No clue. No. no. He saw her taking bumps in the fucking headgear ring and he said, "Oh, I like her." I mean, that's probably how it went. You know, it, it's just it's it's just so broken. Um, and then to humiliate them in the booking is sending is probably is, it's probably because that's been Vince's MO his whole life. So why wouldn't you think he was sending a message with this kind of thing? Right. There's no reason to think that, I mean, that's plausible, whether he, whether he was or not. Um, and it, it shows that there's no respect for this third brand that you have because you're beating the champion in that manner. He came out with the belt. Why would you treat one of your own champions that way? These are all rhetorical questions that cannot be answered. I, I, it's baffling. This Raw was atrocious. So bad. And they knew they were going to have eyeballs on it. they did 1.9 million, 1.923 million viewers. Yeah,
3: against a clinching game of the NBA Finals, too.
2: Good number. Credit Brandon Thurston. He nailed it. His model correctly predicted the number. Like, to the number, he predicted 1.9. I thought it would do two because I thought, you know, with Cena and all that, I thought it would do a little better. You know, I put up a little poll on our Twitter. Most people thought it was going to do over two, which I thought was crazy because that would have been SmackDown. It's not going to do SmackDown numbers. So you could see that people thought that Money in the Bank was a hot show because a lot of, of our followers and listeners thought that it was going to do well over 2 million viewers. So you get all these extra viewers, and then you give them that fucking shit show that you gave them this week. It was, it was bad. All the excitement of debuting people like Cross and bringing back Keith Lee, and then you flush it all down the toilet. Why would anybody who watched, who doesn't normally watch, be excited to watch next week now? Yeah. You know Cena is not going to be back. And the two big surprises, two of the – well, Goldberg was the other one. But the other two big surprises lost and got treated like – what What? bringing me back again if I, had, if I wasn't a regular viewer who happened to watch because I liked Money in the Bank? which There was a lot of those people because they were up 23% or whatever it was. You just pissed them away. Rich, this was a night to have a crowd-pleasing show where all of the fucking good guys win and it's a hot crowd, and it feels like a hot show, and honestly, it feels like a dynamite. This was the night to have it feel like a dynamite. And that'll piss people off, but I don't care. And they didn't do that. It doesn't make sense. They've completely lost the plot. Again, we're broken records.
3: All right, so let's uh, move on. So that's, his, uh, that's WWE. That's uh, Slammiversary, all that, or uh, let, let's get to Slammiversary, Impact Wrestling's uh, Slammiversary.
2: Rick, what happened? Did we fucking time hop here? We Did we do fucking do Slammiversary already? No, no,
3: no, no, I thought
2: we did, but we, we didn't, I don't know why I said that. Anyway, no,
3: we- uh, Rich, did you watch the pre-show? I did not. Uh, tell me about uh, Decay versus Faya and Flava. Could- uh, I did not watch oh, okay, the show okay, you couldn't pay me to watch that, man, so anyway. No, I did not watch the show, Um. All right, Impact, X Division title match, Ultimate X match. uh, Josh Alexander defeats Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Petey Williams, Rohit Raju, and Trey Miguel. Um, Okay, here's where I'm at with Ultimate X matches, and I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on this. I always like watching them, but I also don't know what they are, and I don't, they don't, does this make any sense? Like, I almost don't know that I'm watching a wrestling match when I see an Ultimate X match. And this is what this match was, too. It was like, there was a lot of really cool shit in it, But it's just, I don't know, it kind of feels more like a stunt show than an actual match. I I don't know. What what do you think about this match?
2: No, you're not wrong. That's what it is. It's their version of the WWE ladder match. Um, They don't do it as often. But they do do these multi-man X-Division matches a lot. But they don't do the Ultimate X-A-Ton. But um, I enjoyed it for what it was. I always do. I mean, I, I almost expect them to be what you're describing. So, um, it didn't blow me away. I'm not. It's not a match I'm going to rave about. But um, you know, you're not wrong.
3: Yeah, they're just. And this has been throughout the entire history. It's not just these guys or this time period or whatever. It's throughout the entire history of Impact and TNA, I've always liked watching Ultimate the next matches. But they don't. I don't know. They're just weird with me. They 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 just don't feel. I just don't have that same feel that I have for like a good wrestling match with these matches.
2: Yeah, like, well listen, you hate the Ultimate X. That's I hate, okay. Yeah, there
3: you go. There you, it, you, it is. I you hate
2: the Ultimate X, you hate the Ultimate X. You know, <laughs> Josh
3: Alexander uh, retains though, which I think is the right call. Uh and he yeah. he's a guy that they definitely in the next six months, I'm circling his name as a guy that I'm definitely moving up you know, moving up the rankings and, and and trying to do something with if I can. Because uh, I think there's there's definitely some money uh in Josh Alexander. But
2: Well there he's getting uh like reportedly he is getting a push. Yeah, so he might be the guy to beat Omega.
3: Yeah, I don't hate it.
2: I don't hate man. it. Um, once, once Omega loses the AEW title, you can have him lose in impact. So if he's the guy, I think he at this point, they might be heating him up and the timing will work right, and that might be the play.
3: Um, <laughs> for the uh, second time in, in two weeks, we had the big reveal, Joe. It's Chelsea Green and Impact. I know you're so pumped up, so I'll let you have the floor here.
2: Yeah, I really don't know why. I... <laughs> why should we care? About why Chelsea do any? Of, Green? Why did all of these promotions think I'm supposed to give a shit about yeah, Chelsea Green? Matt, Matt
3: Striker's like, "Whoa, it's the hot, That's Chelsea Green." I'm like, "All right, cool." Yeah. Like...
2: yeah. Last week with ROH too, like, yeah. why is she treated like she's some big deal? I... She's not. Who yeah. cares about Chelsea Green? I don't I... know, Rich. If Chelsea Green. Had She gets cut by WWE, right? If she had just quietly moved on with her life and was waiting tables at fucking Hooters or something, I wouldn't have noticed. Right. Like you, three years from now,
3: you would never think about Chelsea Green ever again. I real.
2: would never think about her again. If you told me three years from now on the show, reminded me that she existed, I'd go, oh, yeah, I remember Chelsea Green. Whatever happened to her? I would never think about Chelsea. I haven't thought about Chelsea Green since she had her dust up with the Salsa Boy on Twitter. And I never would have thought of her again if she had just disappeared from there forever. Why do these promotions think that this is a big deal in any way, shape, or form? They treat her like this is some enormous fucking acquisition in two different companies in back-to-back weeks. Who could possibly care about Chelsea Green? I
3: also love, too, the, uh, the uh, Scott Demore says, Slamversary is gonna be a hot mess. Then Macrodona goes ah, 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 and yet still, like they they start this yeah. match, and D'Lo and Rodman Shucker like, I don't know who it could be. I mean, the speculation is running rapid of who this could be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're like, well, Macrodona, the current feud is Macrodona with his ex girlfriend. Ah oh, man, I I have no idea who this partner could possibly be. And then oh my god, it's his current girlfriend. <laughs>
2: it's Chelsea Green. I think they wanted you to think that it wouldn't be her because they wanted but who you to cares? think. It was
3: her? That's a lot of thought. That's again, <laughs> yeah. way more. Th- Thought that I put into Chelsea Green, who gives a shit? right? Just say, yeah. Hey, Chelsea Green's coming on it on anniversary," and then she could just come. It's like, All right, cool, whatever. It would have been the same thing, but yeah, I don't know, man. That's
2: yeah, be- a, ba- a bad surprise is worse than just announcing it, right? Like, right, just right. tell me it's gonna be Chelsea Green. And
3: the, the best part, they put yeah. it on the screen too. It's like, Oh, who's it gonna be? and it's like, Do, 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 and then it's like hot mess, and people, in the crowd goes like. Uh, you know what I mean there's like yeah. seven people except for Matt Striker, who's like oh my god it's the hot
2: I'll say this at least she has history in this company yeah why right, would a right, Ring right. of Honor why would a Ring of Honor fan give a no, fuck about care. Chelsea Green yeah, could not possibly care yeah n- none no fucks given what's next
3: W Morrissey and Eddie Edwards uh, Morrissey's been good he's been I, solid I, as hell I I, <laughs> I wanted to talk shit but he went out there he cuts a he cuts good promos uh he looks large i don't know um I like allegedly I-, I i should say that i think this man might be uh might have called that number for uh, frank thomas's <laughs> workout pills but uh he's uh <laughs> yeah, he's a so- large man right now and uh, hey you know what I'm an effort guy, and he's putting some effort in there, so good for him. But uh, yeah, yeah. But he's gotten good promos. He's he's got a good tan. He's got a good body, and he's out there having okay matches. So I, you know, I can't complain. He's been solid. If this
2: were an, if this were an eighties observer, it would say that he's jacked to the gills. <laughs> right, it would, right. It would say that he's on the gas. Right. It would say that you know, um, yeah, W. No, Morrissey I mean,
3: parentheses whatever his real name is <laughs> yeah
2: Colin Cassidy right? W. Morrissey parentheses William Morrissey <laughs> right. 31 jacked to the gills these days. Um, that's that would be the observer in 1987. Yeah. Um, why is not he just William Morrissey? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is it? The w dot Morrissey. W dot Morrissey. No, every match he's been in, he's been, he's been, he's been good. Like what they've asked of him, his promos are good. He looks good. He looks like he's uh, dedicated. He's working to his size. He's not out there having a match of the years, but, um, man, he looks so much better than he ever looked ever yeah. in WWE. And can we, uh, you know, he's the top indie draw in the country, too. Do you see those two indie shows? One of them drew 1,700 fans. <laughs> Excuse me? And the other drew 700 fans, both with W. Morrissey on top. Wow. How about that? Enzo, too. Give Enzo credit. What, what are the companies? What? New, of course. Okay.
3: Oh, yeah. They always draw. Yeah. Nobody gives and them I don't any know it. Nobody ever talks about them. Nobody's ever been to a show, no. but somehow they draw 2,000 fans to every show they do.
2: Yeah. They announced Jerry Lawler versus Enzo today, <laughs> yeah. and I saw people mocking it. And I'm like, that's going to be the biggest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crowd they'll, they'll,
3: they'll, yeah. That's to be the biggest crowd of, of, of any independent show in 2021 so far this year.
2: You can sure. mock Enzo all you want. Like, one of these companies has to have the guts to bring him back because he's he's popular. People are into Enzo. Um, but yeah, yeah, Morrissey, he's, he's headlined in these indie shows that are, you know, meanwhile, you got, well, I don't want to pick on any indie wrestlers, but yeah, these other indies, you know, uh, <laughs> drawing 200 fans all spaced fucking six feet from each other. And, and, and this guy's out there drawing 1,700 fans and 700 fans. Um, Yeah, so w, w. Morrissey, big win over Eddie Edwards. They're pushing him too.
3: I'm seeing this. I, man, I, got, I wish I could go to this thing. NEW WrestleFest 25 at the Mid Hudson Civic Center, baby.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Saturday August 14th. Jerry Lawler to fill that Enzo. bitch too. They are they definitely going to fill that. Sammy Guevara's on that show. Paul White's on that show. Yeah. Tay Conti's on that show. They're going to fill that motherfucker.
2: Is that the one Cody's doing in an appearance or not? I, I would
3: I don't I don't see that, but I'm not um
2: Cody's doing an appearance for them too on maybe not that show but one of the ones coming up. Okay. He's yeah. not wrestling. He's doing an appearance. All right
3: any e. w man they're crazy <laughs> i love them so uh yeah. move on here fin juice david finley and juice robinson they defeat madman fulton and shira uh, in a minute 15 which is uh probably about as long as i needed this match to be so
2: well this was another surprise fin juice weren't announced so yeah um yeah so that was surprise number two
3: yeah impact's been a lot of, i mean we'll, we'll talk about it fun show i mean in terms of, of, of surprises big moments you know chelsea green was no, like the least the bottom, impactful surprise of the entire show. So.
2: Yeah, I don't care about Chelsea Green, but top to bottom, this is a pretty good show. It was a fun show. It was fun. Yeah.
3: Uh, Chris Saban versus Moose in awesome, like, only in Impact Wrestling with, you know, this match. But uh, I thought it was solid. What do you think about Saban defeating Moose, though?
2: Well, I mean, they, you know, Moose got Omega and lost. So... This is just a decision. I guess they they're going to push Sabin now. I guess Moose got his push. It doesn't mean that, that, that they're not going to ever push Moose again, but I guess Moose's uh, push for now is over and they're going to they're going to go with Sabin because beating Moose means something. Right, here. right, right. So maybe they're just decided they want to give Sabin a little fucking pusheroo. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a major problem with it. Yeah, yeah,
3: I don't hate it if that's the if that's the goal. Like, as long as and and I I have faith that Impact. I mean, Impact has been for all the, the faults that Impact might have, they have definitely been a to b to c booking as of late. Like,
2: yeah, they have. Like
3: yeah. in, in in another era of this company, this would be like Moose. Then the next week would go out and beat Kenny. You know what I mean? Like he beat Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah, It'd yeah. make no sense whatsoever. But yeah, you you can buy that. Hey, they, Moose, it's just not his time right now. He's gonna move down the card, and then maybe Chris Saban's gonna move up the card. Which I don't hate. I don't hate Chris Saban going for. You know, maybe he's going to go at Kenny Omega. You know, it's, they, they're going to need more title defenses. They're running out of guys, and and yeah, why not a a guy a, 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 not a not a TNA original original, but but a guy that you know has a long history in TNA. I think he's not a bad guy to go next up against Kenny Omega. Fuck, I'd like a Chris Saban Kenny Omega match if that happens. So yeah, go for it.
2: Former Impact World Champion. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe this is the start of a feud too. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I didn't read yeah. it. Because yeah. you know I don't like starting feuds at pay per views. I like ending them at pay per views, but. You know, it, it's just the the era we're in. This could be the start of a feud. I don't know, but
3: yeah, I, I don't um, hate it. I was just kind of curious on your thoughts about it. I I, I I Moose doesn't always need to be the top top guy. I think I think I honestly thought you know a couple uh, maybe a year ago that he should probably be the guy to beat Kenny. Well, given the circumstances that you can't have him beat Kenny yet, uh, and and maybe there's other guys that are hotter. Yeah, I mean, I still think that in the end game, I I want Moose to be one of my top guys. But this doesn't hurt him. It's Chris Saban, you know. So yeah, I, I yeah I didn't I didn't dislike. I this.
2: like your idea of feeding Saban to Omega, though, because that could be a really good match, yeah, too.
3: right. He could say, okay, you know, and they, they've tried to build up Sammy Callahan as, like, this, you know, impact, uh, you know, guy that's been here, ride or die type of guy. Well, Chris Saban's a great guy to represent that, too, if you want to keep that story alive, that, you know, hey, I've been here since, you know, 2003 or 2004 or whatever the hell, and, and you know, I'm here. Yeah, I think that's a great match, and fuck, that'd be an awesome match, Chris Saban versus Kenny. Let's do it. Yeah. They should do it now. Scott, Don, if you're listening, you can steal that, so.
2: They're, they're not listening. They're not listening. Oh, yeah. Uh,
3: no, no, no. Okay, Callis. Callis is not listening. Scott Demore, maybe. I mean, he's okay, not. W- but one
2: one percent, <laughs> one percent Don, Don Don Callis, 0% Don, less than zero percent. Cyrus
3: the virus is is logging and going. All right, let's see what the boys have to say tonight. Like,
2: not you know, a chance. Yeah, right. He thinks we're the biggest dorks Absolutely. like, he, like yeah. everyone's a he's mark like, to him. Like he's like you talk for
3: 3 hours about this sh- bullshit every yeah. single week and we're like yeah and he's like you guys are idiots
2: yeah he we're, so we're just dumb. dumb marks and he just thinks everyone's <laughs> a mark like there's no way he's less right. <laughs> than
3: uh, Impact World Tag Team Title four way match here. The Good Brothers. I can't. They, God damn it, these guys. They do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Gallows. Like, what the hell? Who's more of a finesser oh than Doc Gallows? I don't even know how to review this other than just say that to my fucking suntan <laughs> biker man. He's got yeah. another belt, baby. He's just, oh my God. He works he just,
2: everywhere. he just
3: wins. He doesn't bump.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: he just, he never bumps ever. <laughs> Gets great contracts. Just, God damn it.
3: Why can't I why can't my life be this way? Anyway, um they defeat Falaba, and no way. Yeah. You're probably waiting for me to say Jose. Nope, it's just no way. His name's just, just No Way. No way. So uh, he finally popped up there. Rich Swann and Willie Mac, Invalid uh, by Design, Joe During, and uh, and Rhino. So what, what what do you think of No Way?
2: I was hoping he would turn on Falaba in the match. Here's the thing with No Way Jose. I believe in him. I think he's a better wrestler than people think he yeah, is. I, I, think, I, think, I think the gimmick is shit. What I would do with him is debut him in the gimmick the way they did here, but then have him turn heel and then do his own thing. Yeah,
3: I don't do this shit. I'm not going to dance for you assholes anymore type thing. Yeah. That's how I right.
2: Would but I get the feeling, and I could be totally wrong, I have no intel that this is a one-off. So then what's the point? Just have him go out there and do the conga line, and, and that's that. But if, if the guy's staying around... He should turn on Falaba and go heal and then shed the gimmick and then do whatever you're going to do.
3: Uh, and then uh, I- impact knockouts title match. I cannot wait to talk about this match. They had another surprise here with Thunder Rosa appears as the, uh, yeah. the to be announced here to face. Show sure uh, was
2: fun. Yeah. A lot of surprises. It was this fun.
3: Good little fun here. Impact knockouts title match. Diana Peraza versus Thunder Rosa. I loved it. This match. Now, this is one of those ones that we talk about where star rating wise, I don't really know what to rate it. I don't really know where I go with it, but the story of the match was perfect. Diana Peraza gets in there with Thunder Rosa, who she did not expect was going to come here. This is a complete surprise that Thunder Rosa was going to be in this match. And Thunder Rosa basically leads and and and, and basically runs this. Inside. For the first eight minutes, it's all her. She's got every advantage. She's getting every near fall. Diana Prado can't do anything. She can't figure this out. Thunder Rosa was ready for. Her. Thunder Rosa knew, hey, I'm facing Diana Prado on this night. Diana Prado has no idea that she's gonna face Thunder Rosa on this night. So she has no idea what to do. No idea what to do. No idea what to do. Then finally, it just kind of clicks. And then in two minutes, once she kind of realizes, okay, I got my plan. I got my attack. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get that armbar. Uh, and then if okay, I can't get the armbar, screw it. Then I'm gonna I'm gonna you know hit. I forget what her other move is called. They're all just like queen puns or whatever. But instead of doing the submission, I'm just going to go for the, the, the big knockout here. And she does it. She just decides, okay, it's time for me to take over this match. I know what I need to do, and I know what my battle plan is now. And then a minute later, she just beats Thunder Rosa, one, two, three, pins her, and gets her title back. I loved it.
2: Yeah, I saw a lot of people complaining. Dorks. That, <laughs> you don't even know to complain, but you automatically <laughs> call them dork. I love it. I saw a lot of people complaining if Thunder Rosa didn't get enough in this match what? and wasn't treated with, listen, and wasn't treated with enough respect, you obviously disagree as you just broke down the match uh, very nicely there. But my whole thing is, even if that were true, so what? Yeah, I don't care.
3: If Thunder Rosa Liana doesn't, Peraza, yeah, she's my champion. She's my your leader. champion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're viewing this through the lens of being a Thunder Rosa fan or an AEW fan. This is an impact wrestling pay-per-view. And Diana Peraza is the Impact Wrestling Women's Champion. Okay, you want—I have no problem with Impact asserting their dominance over an NWA wrestler. Diana Peraza should beat Thunder Rosa in ten minutes, and pretty decisively. I have no problem with that. Um, but yeah, I did see a lot of that going around, and and you describing the match made me think about that because um, I don't know what people expected. Did, did, did they think they were going to bring in an outsider from another company and to dominate their champion? That well,
3: You know what? The problem is a lot of companies would do that. And a lot of companies, yeah, including yeah. TNA in prior years, would probably do that. I love that they said, hey, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Okay, cool. You're the to champion, a champion this, or this are this you're this or whatever. Cool. You're going to come in here and you're going to lose our champion. I like yeah. that. I like the balls on them that, to say, no, no. I mean, we're not going to go 50 50 here, you know? When Deanna Paraza wants to put you away, she's gonna put you away one, two, three, and you're gonna lose because that she's our champion in our company, and you're an outsider. And that's fine. Like, I love that. That's good. More companies should take look at this and say, Hey, this makes my people look like a bigger deal because you bring in Thunder Rosa and and and, and yeah, you tell you say all of her accolades. You say, Oh my god, this is the NWA, this is this, this is that, that, that. she's on AEW, she's yada yada, yada. And then you have your person beat her. That makes so much more sense than having them go 50 50 with Diana yeah. Parazu getting out by the skin of her teeth and, you know, winning by a schoolboy and then going, oh man, oh God. She just barely got through there. Oh my God. No, she just beat her. She just beat her when she was ready to beat her. That rules. That's a so much better of a story. So I love this. I love the structure of this
2: match. Our best beats their best. Yeah. I like it. Period. Yeah. And in this scenario, this is a rare situation where impact has the high ground on someone. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Impact. Impact always has the is always on the lower ground, whether it's New Japan or AEW. They've got the high ground with NWA, so they can throw their weight around and 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 you know do something like this where their champion. This isn't the NWA Women's Champ, but it's uh, the person that most people consider the NWA's top women's wrestler, maybe their top wrestler. Period. So it's a good opportunity to do it. And if you're at Billy. Rosa doesn't happen to be your champ now. So you don't mind that much. You know, if that's my champion, I don't want her doing a job, but she's not my champion right now. Right. So it's fine.
3: Uh Then we had our main event here, uh, impact world title, non disqualification or no disqualification here. Kenny Omega defeating Sammy Callahan, uh, 27 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, we say this all the time, and I guess we don't. I mean, this show, anybody that listens to this knows, but I mean, this is just another feather in the cap that like Kenny Omega is just an all-time great pro wrestler. Yes, he Again, he could go out here and say, I'm Kenny Omega from AEW. I'm the champion, yada, yada, yada. I've been New Japan champion. Sammy, we're going to go in there. I'm going to do a, a V-Trigger and a few one-wing angels. We'll go back and forth, and we'll, you know, that'll be it. I'll beat you in 10 minutes or whatever. Instead, you know that this guy said, all right, Sammy, what do you want to do? And yep. Sammy said, OK, well, here, Sammy, what do you do best? What's the best way that we can make this match great? Yep. And Sammy went, OK, well, here's what I excel in. And Kenny went, cool, we'll do that. Slice me with a pizza yep. cutter. Slice me with a fork. We'll do your style of match because I can work any style. <laughs> you yep. can't. I can work any style there is. I can work a New Japan main event. I can work an AEW main event. I can work a, a, a quick tag team match. I can work, I can work any style you want. What do you want to do? And 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 he goes out there. How selfless? How awesome is this? That he just goes out here and says, "Sammy, let's work your style of match. I'll I'll bleed buckets in front of however many people here. We're at Skyway Studios on fucking Impact Wrestling Slamiversary. But he goes out there and busts his ass to have a really, really, really good match. A really good brawl, bloody, just good weapon shots. I mean, this I I love this match because they just went out there and they worked the exact type of match that's going. Sammy Callen's going to excel in, and Kenny Omega, because he's the greatest wrestler in the world. Just goes out there and says, hey, I'll be great at this style, too, because I can be great at any style that I need to be great at.
2: Just great. Yeah. Just tremendous. I want to have the best match possible, so we're going to do Sammy's match. Yeah.
3: Because I know that if I did my best match possible, that Sammy wouldn't excel in that. So instead, because I'm so good, I could just do whatever. Yeah. What do you want to do, Sammy? We'll do that. Yeah. Yep. Slice me over the pizza cutter? Cool. (laughs) Let's do it.
2: Yeah. Tables, plunder. Yeah. Because Callahan's great at that. Yeah.
3: And Kenny, I mean, Kenny's, it's not like Kenny's first plunder match ever, but you know, he didn't have to do this. He could have just said, no. He could
2: have nixed that and said, I'm not doing a no DQ. I'm not, I'm not, you're not cutting me. He doesn't have to do any of that shit. But he goes out there and does it for the, to have the best match possible for that opponent. It's all needs to be said. That's a great pro wrestler. Who cares? You know, this isn't his company. There's fucking 200 people there, if that. Um, it, was, it was nice to have fans at an Impact show again. We didn't even mention that. Um, he doesn't have to do this. Do out there did it, and it was great. <laughs> it was a great match. He's just building his wrestler of the year case. Brick by brick. And here's another one. So, yeah, great stuff. And then the big post-match angle with Jay White. You know, you got to feel bad for Impact. They have a show where there's like they do like five or six surprises. They bring back Finn Juice. They bring back Jay White. They bring in Jay White rather. They bring in No Way. They bring in fucking
3: Mickey James came back. We forgot to mention she Mickie came James back and, and challenged Perazzo James. after the match. Yeah,
2: yeah, big angle. Um, you know, so they bring all these people back, and then WWE brings back Cena and Goldberg. <laughs> right. <laughs> And AEW is rumored to be bringing in Punk and Daniel Bryan. (laughs) They can't fucking win, Impact. You know, they just, they can't fucking win. They can't have the headlines for like two days. They can't go 48 hours being the hero before they get completely buried by everybody else's big moves. So you feel bad for them from that perspective. But the little thing they did at the end where they cut the feed, can we stop please with this nonsense? You know, very gimmicky. There's no need for it. Um, It's not going to add any viewers. It would probably add more viewers if you showed the angle rather than cut it off. So I didn't agree with that. But overall, a very enjoyable show, top to bottom, with fans. That's important. And a lot of great surprises. It was fun. It was a really fun show.
3: Yeah, it was just an easy watch. I mean, it it flew by uh, watching it. And and, and Impact, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. I mean, they have been making, I think, a lot of good moves as of late. You know, bringing in a Jay White, bringing in a Finjews. I mean, using – you know, they built that relationship back up. I mean, that was – you couldn't even utter the name, you know, TNA or Impact to to New Japan a couple Mm -hmm. years ago. And they built that back up through a lot of hard work. A lot. I mean, just – all the credit in the world to them of what they've been able to do. It's it's it was not easy. I mean, there's a lot of times where Impact could have just given up, packed up, and said, "Hey, this isn't gonna work," whatever, or just kind of did their own thing or whatever. But they just little by little, little by little, built it, built it, built it, built it, and they're 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 at a point now where you know, no, are they gonna become you know a, a viable contender? No, they're they're clearly in their little place right now. But that's fine. It's been a lot of fun to watch them, and it it it, it feels like a lot of the hard work they've done over the last 3 4 years or whatever is is really starting to pay off with you know building up these relationships and 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 really just i don't know they feel like a company that that has solid footing right now and 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 makes sense and is worth your time to watch as a wrestling fan so that's cool yeah cuz I, I haven't been able to say that about them in in, in in quite a while and the return to fans uh will, will certainly help that so all right uh, let's move on to our final topic of the day here as we got about 10 minutes left to go which won't take us too long uh Bushi, a little medical update on Kotobushi. He has been diagnosed with aspiration pneumonia, which does not sound very good. Uh, and it is not very good because he is going to be off the next three New Japan shows, uh, July 22nd through the July 24th. He's going to be off. Uh, what's interesting about that, though, is that he is scheduled on July 25th, which is this Sunday, by the way, to be facing Shingo Takagi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at that Wrestle Grand Slam in Tokyo Dome. Uh, you got to question whether that match has happened or not. If he currently has pneumonia, he's not wrestling from the 22nd, to the 23rd, to the 24th. I don't know. The 25th doesn't look very good if I'm them. But they haven't made that announcement yet, so I, I don't know what their plan is. Maybe he he is on the mend, and they just know that he needs a little bit more time. But, man, I, you got to be a little nervous looking at Sunday. He's got to go from, hey, he has pneumonia, to now Sunday he's going to wrestle Shingo Takagi in the main event of Tokyo Dome.
2: Well, even if he wrestles, what's his physical condition going to be like? Right. I mean, they might be better off sticking someone else in the match. I mean, I know that's not their way. Um, You know, they're not going to do that. If he can, if he's, if the doctor clears him, he's going to wrestle the match. And he'll probably somehow go out there and have a great match. But man, is it all worth it? you got a couple thousand people in this dopey to- Tokyo dome with limited attendance state of emergency
3: right i would almost make the case that even if he is healthy do we really want cuz like even if he's only like i mean this guy if he literally if if this is true and he had pneumonia like do i really want cuz I, I i i trust that if they tell kodobushi, hey, go do whatever you need to do man you're good to go that he's going to go crazy you know what i mean he's going to be an absolute nutcase cuz he's kodobushi and should he be doing that like i don't know it's just it's strange i don't know what i think Right now uh, about this. this if, if I'm them, I just definitely weird. say, hey, sit this one out, pal. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It really does not matter.
2: Then what do you do with this show? Yeah,
3: I don't know. I mean, the show's like, fuck, I don't know
2: why we're running Tokyo. No.
3: <laughs> during the Olympics, during a pandemic, in the state of emergency right now anyway. But, you know, I don't know, man. They need, they need the money. They need the money. I know. It's crazy. So uh, here is the event. Uh, Russell Grand Slam is uh, obviously coming up this Sunday. Uh, you got the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. A uh, New Japan Rambo with handcuffs, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh Toru Yano and then his competitors to be announced. So
2: so we got have our BDSM you know, pro wrestling <laughs> right. match uh, with the handcuffs. Okay, whatever. Cool.
3: Uh, then you have the junior heavyweight tag team titles. Uh, this is going to be Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo defending the titles against Rocky Romero and Ryusuke Taguchi, as we mentioned last week. A, a pretty fun match, some new blood in there, but um, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who wins. Um, it really makes no difference. If Rocky's going to be around or be able to get back and forth, you can do a title change here. I mean, I, I just think it's totally inconsequential who wins. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good match.
3: Uh, then you have junior heavyweight title uh, match, which I'm actually looking forward to here. And that is uh, El brother defending the title against Robbie Eagles. That sounds pretty damn awesome.
2: Yeah. Eagles is, you know, he's been doing good work in Australia. So he's, you know, it's not like he's just been sitting home and um, I think he'll have a, a match more in the style that I would like to see with Despy than Despy's last defense. So I think I'm going to like this one better. I'm expecting to like this one better but we'll see.
1: Yep.
3: Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Okada, uh, that has the potential to be really really good. It has the potential to be kind of just middling as well. I don't know. These are you know Okada's in 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 his period right now where he's really, you know, giving it all on on, on big time matches. I have no doubt if it's a Tokyo Dome event, if it's a G1 final, if it's this, if it's a title match, that sort of stuff, I have no doubt. I don't know about a mid-card singles match with Jeff Cobb though if Okada's going 110%. And I don't know what they're gonna do with Cobb either, because I think you, there's justifiable that Cobb goes out there and kind of dominates this match and and, and and beats him pretty good. I think you can tell some more stories out of that versus Okada having a 50-50 match with Cobb uh, and then just beating him or whatever. So I don't know. There's a lot of ways this can go and I don't know I don't know. I'm not confident that's gonna be good, but I also don't think it's gonna be bad. I, I don't know where I stand with this one.
2: I think Okada will win. Um I mean if Cobb wins, then they're they're going full steam ahead with him for now. You're not just gonna that win it will be extremely meaningful, and I don't think they're. It doesn't. I, I don't think right now they're gonna. They're gonna do that with Cobb. So, I think Okada will will win the match. Um Wouldn't stun me if Willow Spray shows up. Been quiet on that front. That's the big feud. Yeah, wasn't there at Rev Pro? Didn't right. appear
3: at Rev, Rev, Rev Pro last week.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not predicting it. And I'm not telling anybody I heard anything. I'm just saying, keep it in the back of your mind. This is one of those deals where if it happens, I'm going to victory lap all over the place. And if it doesn't, I'll never bring it up again. But I'm just saying, it wouldn't stun me because, they, you know, if, if he showed up, because this would be the spot to do it. And, um, you know, I think it would surprise a lot of people.
3: And uh, then you have the uh, tag, uh, summer main event here, tag team titles. Uh, Naito and Sonata, the current champions, defending against the Techers, XA Saber Jr., and Taichi, a match that I like the booking of, but I really have absolutely zero desire to watch a second of it. So, um, well, I think
2: there's going to be a third, so strap in. Yeah. They tend to do these in threes. Yeah.
3: I don't want to. <laughs> I don't really. I mean, I it's like the booking I love. I like the idea of this match, I like the concept of this match. I do not want to watch a second of it, though, especially if, I mean, this is a five match actual show. You know what I mean? Like, because the kickoff matches the KOPW thing like yeah, everything is getting time man those fuckers are going 35 minutes for sure right? yeah well what if, there,
2: what, if, what if there's no main event and right. this is now the main event right right
3: right so oh boy
2: they're going 30 at least oh for
3: sure definitely 30 and and, and f- potentially anywhere from 30 to 40 if there is no main event so yeah get into it uh, <laughs> WGP world heavyweight title Uh, Shigo Takagi versus Kodobushi as of right now, but that could obviously change anytime soon. Because
2: yeah, I mean, I, I mean,
3: we got till Sunday for this man to recover from pneumonia, so it's like okay. I mean,
2: the obvious speculation is you have Tanahashi doing nothing, and that would be a suitable replacement. Um, it probably wouldn't be a title match in that case. That's not their way, but extraordinary circumstances call for extraordinary solutions, maybe I, look, I don't know, I don't even know if Tanahashi's in the country, who knows what's going on um, but they're in deep shit, this is a problem this company, are so cursed <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and almost none of this is their fault, and they just can't get out of their own way with these extenuating circumstances, and, and these things that just keep happening it's it's they really are snake bitten right now. Um I think the show could be good, but I, I cannot tell you as I sit here that I'm excited about yeah. it.
3: I'm I'm gonna watch it because it's our job and it's in Tokyo Dome and it's all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I am I am certainly not uh, not jazzed for this. But I, I will say, uh, on, on the flip side, uh, August fourteenth, uh New Japan Re- uh resurgence coming back to uh Los Angeles here. Uh, the Torch at LA Coliseum. I am looking forward to this show. This sounds like a lot of fun. It's honestly weird how like stable New Japan in America is compared. To, yeah. Like what the fuck? Like how have we reached the point where like you see a New Japan in America card. You're like, Hey, you know, that's got a lot of, you know, those guys are all pretty solid. Like everything makes sense. Like that's going to be pretty damn good. It's just like, yeah, it's a fucking disaster in Japan. And America's just like, yeah, all right. Like now that you're like, you know, Jay White's in your main event. He's going to be facing David Finley. Never a point championship match. So that should be fantastic. You got Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks, uh, Rock Your Marrow and Fred Rosser, uh, as well as Wheeler Yuda versus Red Clark Connors, and TJP. Um, that's what I have right now. Did you, was there anything else that you. Because th- I thought you said that they announced some new stuff. Let me see. That
2: was the new stuff. Okay. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. There the, we go. Okay. And the Never Match, Jay White and Finley, which was announced the week before. So that card is starting to come together. They've sold just about all the tickets. I think they have the ability to open up some more seats if they have to. I know we're out of time. I'm going to give you a quick question. It might be better for a long-form discussion, but this is going to sound wacky and really outside the box. Would New Japan be better off bringing everybody over here and just touring the U.S. for now?
3: No, they wouldn't be wacky.
2: No, you think I'm crazy? Or no, no, no. no. Think- I
3: don't think you're crazy at all. I, I, I think... No, so I'm
2: talking the full crew.
3: Yeah, no, I, I full crew might be a little too wacky. I
2: am saying, don't run Japan. You're for saying now. just
3: ditch Japan, run America. Bring
2: everybody here. They haven't run full on. We can, you can, you can sell as many tickets as you want in America. Say, they're going to
3: make more money with that.
2: I don't know, like the cost of bringing everyone. Yeah, over. The co- yeah,
3: there'll be a lot of plane tickets paid, but I think after that, honestly, they're going to make more money on the shows. I think.
2: I think if they bring the full crew over they can they can run similar size buildings maybe slightly smaller buildings than AEW. And you don't have to run every single week. You run every other week in a big city. You bring and you run full on new Japan shows with your all over you with Shingo, Tanahashi, yeah. Okada, you just do what you're doing in Japan. Plus
3: hot crowds, plus crowds that make noise and yell.
2: Yes, and plus all the people that you have here, like you get a full show. Yeah. All the strong nah. guys are here.
3: I mean, I wish you would have brought this topic up 15 idea? minutes ago, but yeah, no, it's not. It's actually a great idea, if I'm them. Just I,
2: fucking run America. Fuck this Japan shit. Go back when you can run for real. I mean...
3: Yeah, it's not... I've, I've heard crazier ideas. I mean, like, initially, when you probably asked that question, like, a lot of people are probably like, no, you can't do that. But then it's like... I mean, what's the... I, the downside is it costs a lot of money to get everybody over there, but... I mean, everything gets taped for New Japan World, you know. Everything in air live on New Japan World. So you get all those people in Japan that are yeah. trying to watch. You sell yeah. a bunch of tickets. Your product feels hot again because people can make noise. Yep. You got a lot of good guys in America right now. You get Jay White back in the mix right away. You get you know, you know, get those sort of guys back in the mix.
2: And you have all these relationships. I was gonna say that's
3: my next follow-up was gonna be you got impact AEW and all these companies that are willing to work with you. And might say, hey, fuck, you guys are selling out X arena. Cool. Yeah, we'll bring you. know You can have X guy or, you know, you can have this guy. And, and,
2: and then you could even propose to Tony Khan. Hey, look, you probably know you don't want your guys working our shows on your turf, but our whole crew is here. You want Shingo for dynamite? Yeah. You want Okada for dynamite? Let's fucking play ball. You know what I mean? It, it's it, To me, it makes sense. Because, you know, I think I think it's been so long that people had proper New Japan shows here that it's hot again. It would be feel hot oh, again. Oh, it would be,
3: it'd be molten. Yeah, that first show if it was all these guys. If it, it if it's this Wrestle Grand Slam show and then you throw in a Jay White versus, you know, whoever match and Moxley's on the show and, you know. Uh, yeah, no, for sure.
2: Look at Resurgence and people know they're not getting a full-on. Right. That shit
3: sold in 10 seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Like, people were into that. So, I, mean, I think you could do 2,000 seat buildings. I really do. Maybe even bigger buildings in certain cities. You build up to big shows. I mean, I know it sounds crazy and way outside the it's, box. It's but I...
3: really not, though. I mean, when you, when you given the circumstances going on in Japan, I, I almost, yeah, I don't hate it. I, I don't know if there's any sort of legality reasons why. I mean, I guess there's probably maybe certain guys that can't go over. But I think everybody that can go over goes over. And I, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all.
2: If this same exact show was in Hammerstein, would you be more excited oh, for Oh, God, it? yes. God, yes. Kidding? I like go. Yeah, <laughs>
3: right, right. <laughs> she goes <versus> for Sakoda Bushi <laughs> Hammerstein. I'm
2: fucking there, yeah,
3: for sure. No, so, no, no doubt. Yeah, it is. It's it's crazy, but it's it's not.
2: I gotta put more thought into it, but I really don't think it's it's that bad of an idea. No, like, it's, it's not something you should consider. Yeah.
3: It's it's. I I think they'd probably make more money in the long run if they did it, and I think their company their their product I think would be better off in the long term for it because it would feel hot again. Whereas like we just we 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 barely talk New Japan now, and it's not just us. Like. I, I see web traffic. I see yeah. podcast traffic. I see it. Nobody cares about New Japan right now in America. Nobody.
2: Yeah, it's hard to get into. And but hard.
3: but this resurgence show shows that yeah, there are people that still will pay for it. You know what I mean? they are still yeah. interested enough to pay for a ticket for it. But no, nah, dude, you're right. If Wrestle Grand Slam is at yeah Hammerstein, instant sellout, an amazing show that we're talking about. It, we're leading the show off with that show.
0: Yeah. Instead of question. just
3: you know putting it to the end where we say oh, a bunch of you know, these guys are gonna wrestle for thirty minutes while a bunch of guys clap. You know. Who cares? It's crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a good theory. I, that's, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to post that one on Twitter as well after the show uh, and, and see what people think. I think that could elicit some pretty fun uh, discussions. But uh, that is it for us here on this uh, Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Again, Voice of Wrestling.com slash Patreon uh, to do all that stuff uh, that we do on there. $5 tier. versus synopsis going through uh, Slammiversary Man events on VOW Retro. You got Joe's Thursday tier reviews. Any written review uh, that Joe does. Uh, potential deep dives, everything that we do uh, available on the 5 and $10 tier uh, at patreon.com slash wrestling or voiceofwrestling.com uh, slash, pa, uh, slash patreon. Also uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash discord uh, if you want to join the discussion uh, on discord. And we have a lot of stuff coming up next week as well. We have a big, big week planned. Uh, we have the uh, 10th anniversary of this website. Not this podcast. This website. 10th anniversary. We have a lot, of, a lot of people that are like, oh my god, I can't believe it's been 10 years of Joe and Rich. Not so fast. January 2022. Is going to be our official 10-year anniversary, but 10 years of the website uh, starting uh, next week. And we also have Dragon Gate week as well as a big, big week coming up in Dragon Gate. So we got Case Lowe and Mike Spears doing a ton of stuff. Some big guests on Open the Voice Gate, a ton of really cool columns, all kind of leading up to a big week in Dragon Gate and Masato Yoshino, uh, his retirement uh, from the ring. So a lot of stuff going on at voiceofrestling.com. Uh, next week so we'll have discussion at voiceofwrestling.com slash discord uh, at Voices wrestling on twitter and then of course at voicesofwrestling.com and ah we should not forget voiceofwrestling.com slash express so voicesofwrestling.com slash express again if you want the real WWE network and not the bullshit that you get on Peacock voiceofwrestling.com slash express and as Joe mentioned earlier you want to uh, come up with an address that is not in America and then you should be able to get access to the old good network and not the bad Peacock Network. So voicesofwrestling.com slash express. And that's it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Grage. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.